Internet, this episode is sponsored by the good folks at Bevel. I'll tell you, Bevel, listen, if you want to learn what Bevel is about and you don't know what it's about, head on over to getbevel.com forward slash Pete, your first month free. That's right, your first month free. Miss Lizzie, you know how good Bevel is. I love to touch on your man's face when he shaves with the bevel blade. Mm, the only system clinically proved to reduce bumps, bruises, ingrown hairs, anything that comes with coarse and coily hair. And holiday season is approaching. Yes. So, so listen, if you love your man, get him a bevel. If and, and 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 listen, ladies too. Ladies can shave. Men, if you love your ladies. Get her a bevel. Yeah, don't let your bitch run around with her beard all of November. Yeah, let you don't shave. need a couple strands underneath that yeah. chin. You don't need that. Internet, head on over to getbevel.com forward slash Pete. Get your first free month on bevel. You understand? Fuck with it. Cheer. Ow. Hot damn hoe, here we go again. Cheer. Light as a rock, bitch. Hard as a cock, bitch. Uh, the shit knock for blocks through hard tops in the parking lot. Where my nigga rock like the spark a lot. My Brooke Lawn style speaks for itself. Like, like a wrestler. wrestler. Another, Another notch, notch under, under my belt. belt. The embezzler, chrome treasurer. The UNO competitor. I'm, I'm 10, 10 steps, steps ahead of you. Yeah. I'm a leader. Y'all some following shit. Coming in this game on some modeling shit. Bitches suck cock just to get to the top. I put a hundred percent in every word I drop. It's the Q to the B with the M O B B Queensbridge Brooklyn and we D double E P. What you wish I lived the life I live? Hey yo, Pete, tell them what this is done. Yo, that shit was fucking dope. Now let's get to the show. Cheer. Everybody gets set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the premium Pete Show. If you want to scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. Miss Listen knows. It's the premium Pete Internet, Show. Internet, and we're back. I'll tell you, I'm excited to be sitting with the homie. Ow. Inf- the infamous, um... There's a war outside. Right. I mean, what else? How many How many different AKs you have? Bandana P. There we go. Bandana P. You know I mean, Banana Clip P. There you go. A- another one? RSVP, MVP, OPP. Man, Prodigy's in the building. Prodigy, <laughs> welcome to the show, man. What up, kid? Thank oh, you. man. W- listen, we had a great time out in Philadelphia at Suplex with the, with, with the, um, with the cookbook in-store. Yeah, that was dope. I loved, I was just telling Miss Lissa, I love that, yo... Mad people came out to Philly, like people that wanted to buy the book and just fuck with you. Nah. Yo, when I really realized it, a blind dude came in and was like, yo, P, let me get a book. And they said, yo, could you sign that and let's take a picture? Well, I was like, yo, dude is doing everything like that a regular person well, would want. Like, yo, that, that's how much that I feel like not only did Mob Deep touch people, pause, but... Uh, also just prodigy alone is that amazing or no yeah it is it is man to see people you know show the love and and appreciate the work that we put out you know what i mean that we still putting out i remember when you told me about um i mean we'll get to it but like you know a quiet storm when kim jumped on it you know and you said that it opened up a woman fan base because you used to have i mean think about it you know it's like so much men that are like love y'all you know i mean it, it was always you know uh, females, I'm sure that you know knew about Mob Deep and was mm-hmm. feeling of Mob Deep with the razors in the mouth. <laughs> but Kim just opened the floodgate. You know what I mean? That's when we just seen the difference at when, at the at the concert. Yeah, there was like at the front row. 
pushing dudes out the way. <laughs> With Tim's I mean? on? Word, Tim's on, all that. <laughs> How did that collaboration come about? Uh, man, we were just in the studio thinking about who could we put on this remix. And um, actually, uh, Chris Lighty's younger brother, Jonathan Lighty, yeah. he came with the idea, like, let's throw little Kim on it. So, you know, we reached out to Kim. You know, that that was that's the home team, man. We've been on tour with Biggie and and the Junior Mafia since the beginning. And um, we just made it happen. Or she was like, hell yeah. Yeah, she went off. That's like one of her best verses. Like, yeah, she one of her mo- Like, she killed it. But, but that Quiet Storm, though, was, was your song, right? That wasn't a Mob yeah. Deep song. That was your song. Yeah, that was my song for the H&IC album, the yeah. first H&IC and, album. And then, and then they were trying to convince you. I remember you telling me that they were trying to convince you yeah. to give that to um, Mob Deep. Yeah, because the, the song got big. Before I even put my album out, the song, I put the song out like two years prior to me putting out the album. Mm-hmm. So the song was out in like 97, mm-hmm. end of 97, Buzzing. you know what I mean? And it just started growing and growing. They was playing it in the club and everything, and it it wasn't even commercially released, no video, mm-hmm. no nothing. So, um, you know, Chris and Hav, seeing how big it was getting, they was like, yo, we need that for the album. Mob Deep need a hit. You know what I mean? And, so, and right away, yeah. you you were reluctant at first, though, huh? Yeah, I was tight. Yeah. I was like, nah, this is my song, yeah, Because <laughs> I needed a hit. Sure, know? sure, most Mom definitely. Deep make it easy. Yes. <laughs> I was like, nah, I need a hit. Yo, but nah, but... I was like, yeah, hell yeah, take it. You know what I mean? And we did a remix for Mob Deep, and we kept the original for my album. Nice. Yo, how was Chris Lighty? Like, in, like your relationship with him, just your thoughts about him. Chris was a special individual, man. Um, the, his, like, demeanor, like, how he carry himself, how he speaks to people. Um, he's real, He was a real calm, very calm person. Like, he'd make people feel good and, and feel calm. Because, you know, with the style of music that we make, you know, it's hardcore, aggressive hip hop. Um, you know, a lot of people are afraid to do business with us. Yeah. You know, they're afraid to book concerts, endorsement deals. Yeah. A lot of companies, they're like, I don't know if that makes sense, Mob Deep and us. You know what I mean? Even when you were young, I think uh, I heard you say that Leo Cohen didn't want to sign y'all because he felt that you were too hard yeah. for your age. Like, yeah. what exactly I mean, did he mean by that? That like you would, that people wouldn't believe it? I mean, or nah, was it he, too? he his word his exact words was that we were too young to be speaking how we were speaking, mm. like we cursed too much and we speak we're speaking about violent things and he said that Def Jam can't he said that Def Jam would catch a lawsuit if they put our album out because we were too young to be speaking like that. Shit, that's it's crazy too because I just feel like a lot of these record labels, you know, they look for like like, like people really live the lifestyle. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if, when you sign someone, sometimes that's what comes with it. You hope change comes with it. Yeah. But you it was know, something new. That's what you get it into. Was, it was like, it was new. You know what I mean? There wasn't really any young, because we were like 15, 16. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. That deal. So there wasn't anybody that age really doing that. I mean, you had a few artists here and there, the youngsters, you know what I mean? Remember the youngsters mm-hmm. um, from Philly? Um, then you had. Illegal, mm-hmm. remember illegal, and then you had us, um, young. Yeah, we was just young, and and they wasn't used to that. They wasn't used to hearing that. They wasn't used to marketing and selling that. You know what I mean? So he kind of he was like, Nah, I don't see. Uh, I'm surprised. I don't yeah, see how we could do this? I mean, I, I get I get some of what he's saying, but I'm surprised. But even even what, let's take it back for a second. Being signed at 16, y'all yeah. was signed at 16. Yeah. How the 
how how is that for a sixteen year old? It was all a blur, man. Like you know what I mean? Like it just happened so fast. Like we were just we were just happy to have an advance. We go buy some you know things, new buy, kicks, gold chains, Tim's, leather jacket, Carhartt. Yeah, you know what I mean. What was the first things that you did buy? The, I, I, I remember the exact day that we got our advance. Okay, and Lau gave us like. Twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We. What year was this? This is. Matter of fact, this wasn't loud. I'm bugging. I'm sorry. This is a four from Broadway. Okay, four from, Bro- four from okay, Broadway. Yeah. This is like ninety two. Okay. Like ninety two, something like that. And they gave us twelve G's. Havoc actually was the one that went and picked it up. And then he came to my crib, like maybe eleven in the morning. I was knocked out. Cash. Twenty on my door. Now, I think he went. He went and bust the check open. Okay. He spent some of it before he got to my crib. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I opened the door, he woke me up, banging on my door. I was living in Jersey City at the time. He's banging on my door, so I opened the door, half smiling, big grin, mad gold teeth in his mouth, <laughs> fresh new lever. He was like, "Yo, son, we got the bread here." He gave me my half, and then he was like, "Come on, let's go shopping." So we went to Steinway. Mm. Bought mad shit. We went to Jamaica. I bought mad jewelry and shit. Like, we were just happy to have that bread and and like um, you know, we felt we made it. All right, we got yeah. this money. We got a record deal. We made it. But little did we know, it'd take a lot more. Sure, you know what I'm saying? Than than that, just to have some jewelry and 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 fly new clothes or whatever. Like, sure. Even- How did you guys connect? Um, me me and had met in the high school art and design. We went to uh, high school in Manhattan. R.I.P. to that school. It's yeah, gone. it's not. Nah, it's still there. Oh, it's, it's still there. Yeah, they read. Oh, I know. They they would see my. I know a friend that goes there, and he was saying they were getting rid of it. Yeah, they rebuilt it. Oh, they, okay. Like, tore it down and then rebuilt it. Oh, mm-hmm. that's what they. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we met there in about it was like eighty nine, ninety, when we met, and um. Yeah, he was going. He was already in the school for a year. He was like a grade ahead of me. Right. He was going for architecture, and um. I went for uh, drawing, like cartooning and, and like clothing design. Right. And uh, we had a mutual friend in in, uh, in my photography class. I, you know, that was one of my classes in school. Um, one of my man's um, black from the Bronx. Mm. We got cool in class and uh, he was cool with Havoc. And he knew I rap. He knew Hav rap. We were both, me and Havoc were both real short for our age. So... You know, he was like, yo, I think y'all should get together and start a group. Yo, y'all would look dope together and you should meet Havoc. So he introduced us and we just been cool from there. But a funny funny story is, um, you know, I used to have mad jury in school. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like In high school? Yeah, in high school. Like, I already had the jewels and all that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I was doing some other things. Sure. So, so I had like, you know. Bracelets, rings on every Fourth, finger. You fuck, you fuck with the four finger ring? Nah, I never had a four finger ring. What about the gold front with the? I had the the joints with the the stencil, so I missed the. You show your tooth. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the uh, the open face. Like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had I had you know the gold teeth, all the little Playboy bunny, the different designs. The what about kicks? Ben symbol. What type of kicks were you? Back, back then, then, it was like Diodoras and mm-hmm. like. Spot belts, mm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Saucony. Yeah, yeah. Elise, you fuck with Elise back then? Um, Yeah, yeah, I had a pair of Elise. Or Avia, remember Avia? I, I never had Avias, but I had... Um, Puma. 
I had um Etonics. Okay, Etonics. Yeah. Etonics. Yeah. When they first came out. But um yeah, so so a funny story, the reason why black was going to try to introduce me to Havoc cuz they was trying to set me up to rob me. Wow. Really? Yeah. What like the they, fuck? They were scheming on me like, you know what I'm saying? So they was like the plan was I don't know what the exact plan was, but the plan was to get me somewhere and rob me. You know what I mean? But when me and had met, um I actually met him and he was fighting somebody. Like after school, we were supposed to meet. I get outside to meet him. I'm like, "Where this nigga at?" And my man Black like, "There he go right there." He was in the middle of a fight. He fighting this dude. This dude pulled out a knife on him and tried to stab. Almost stabbed him. Damn. But it went through his lever. People got the knife from the kid. Had beat the kid up. And then, uh, you know, we all went to the train station. We started kicking it on the train. I told him my family was from Ravenswood because my mm-hmm. grand, my mother's mother lives in Ravenswood Projects, and Havoc's grand, Havoc's mother's mother lives in Ravenswood Projects, which is down the block from Queensbridge. So we had something in common right away. And I guess, I don't know, they figured I was cool or whatever. They seen how I was or whatever, and they changed their mind. They told you they they told you this? Later on a few life, years later. Yeah. Yo, that's fine. Not like next day, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to rob you yesterday, but you mad cool. You good. Yo, yeah, that, that, like a few years later, they was like, yo, son, we was going <laughs> to rob you that day. Yo. So you guys were both into, like, art. So how did you transition into the music? Um... The music was already there because I was already signed. I had to deal with Jive Records. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, I had a song that came out on the Boys in the Hood soundtrack um, my first year of high school. And, um, it was called Too Young with this group called High Five. Mm-hmm. It was an R&B group. And um, so when I met Hav, I already had that song out in the movie. And Hav was already um, into music because of Tragedy from Queensbridge. Tragedy was like Hav mentor and was like pushing him to write. So when we met each other, we was already, you know what I mean, pursuing music on our own, individually. And then we just put it together, like, you know. Right. Yeah, and, and I know that you got into production. Like, it's funny because yeah. I know that when when y'all got signed, I heard you always talk about that um, you didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. So you couldn't afford these producers that were charging like 25 Who were some of the producers that you would have wanted at that time? Um, we we wanted to get you know like the top producers at that time was like um, you, at that at that moment it was like Pete Rock, mm-hmm. Large Professor, mm. um, Q Tip, mm. um, which wind up you wind up doing stuff with yeah uh, um, Premier DJ mm-hmm. Premier, um, you know that's a name a few, but um, you know the only people we could really get was Tip, yeah, uh, Large Professor and Premier yeah, know? but before that I remember you you saying that. You know, you, you you just didn't get hit off with a lot of money. You couldn't right. afford that type of producers, right. so you wound up learning on your own. And I'll be honest with you, that shit really like sounded really super dope to me because I was like, "Yo, here's some kids that got signed, right? Can't afford to you know bust out a big paycheck for some of these top producers. Right. Forced themselves to learn producing. Hey, forced ourselves. We nobody even taught us how to anything. And just you taught have you taught have how to do producing too. Right? Yeah. And meanwhile, I mean. I mean, low key. I think he's underrated. Have made a lot of dope beats. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, he hell made. Yeah. I, I mean, he he made shook ones. No, mm-hmm. yep. He made shook. He made most of our albums. Yeah. was produced by Havoc. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Ninety percent of Mob Deep music. Ninety. I would say maybe more than ninety. Maybe ninety five, ninety six percent. You know, is all produced by Havoc. That's crazy to think. And yeah. and and you gotta owe that probably to not having the money to go out and yeah. get these producers. Because think about it. If this was this day and age. 
y'all may have said, hey, we just rap and get lazy with it because mm-hmm. your advance would have been bigger. You could afford producers. That may never happen if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, back then the equipment wasn't too much. You know what I mean? $300 for a little, little uh, eight-track recorder, I think it was. and like, Where'd you go buy the equipment? That's Sam Goody or Sam <laughs> No, Sam Ash. Sam Ash, yep, Sam Ash, yeah. Yeah, Sam Ash on uh on Queens Boulevard. Yeah. Hell yeah. We're gonna bounce all around um from the beginning uh, of Prodigy, Mob Deep, you know, just everything from the cookbook to the other book. But uh, you know, as we talk about shook ones, I remember hearing you say that that almost wasn't actually a thing. Yeah, yeah. Cause, um, so tell us about that. You know, when uh when uh Hab make beats, he makes them so fast, like He's like one of the fastest producers I ever seen. Like, and uh, you know, I guess he he picked it up from 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 watching um, you know, Lost Professor make beats mm-hmm. super fast on that old, I think it was the SP or something like that he was using. Um, but have you know he you know he got his own style. He he make beats real fast. So he's the type of person he don't really you know like his own shit. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So he'll be like he'll make some and he'll be like I ain't really feeling it. But everybody else love it, you know what I mean. So you gotta, you gotta always be around that sure, sure, to sure. make sure he don't get rid of nothing. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes he need that push, like yo, nah, you bugging, son. Yeah. It's fire, yeah. super fire. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, we were out on the block one day in Queensbridge, and me and Twin and a couple other dudes, we was like, yo, let's go check on Hav, see what Hav doing. Mm-hmm. So we went upstairs to the apartment. Hav was in there making a beat. When we walked in, it was the Shook Ones beat. And we was like, whoa, this shit, you know, this is fire right here. And he had stopped it. And he was like, yeah, I'm about to I'm about to erase and start another one, though. <laughs> and we was like, nah, chill, son, that's fire, chill. Don't erase it, just save it and then make another one. So we always had to remind have save the beats verse, like, you know what I mean? He does it now, though, but, you know. He still got that same mentality, like, I ain't really feeling that. I mean, if you think about it, you know, like like Shook Ones, for what we know, man, that shit almost could have not been a thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it happens. Yeah. Not, you think about that. And you know what's dope, too? I like the way you mentioned about Hav and how he acts, because I feel like a lot of people act that way. Like, even sometimes I struggle with that, like, um, you know, I try to stay humble yeah. to anything I do. Right. So the point I'm making is, like, there's a difference between being cocky right, right. and being confident. Right. So I struggle with even that sometimes, and I know that you spoke about that. Yeah. Even, me too, you know what I'm saying? I'll write a verse or make a song or something, and I got to I gotta hear other people's opinion about it. You sure. know what I mean? I think, I think everybody is like that. You know, some people are cocky or whatever. They think everything they do is dope, but for the most part, I think a lot of people are like that, you know? They need to hear from. They need that encouragement. Sure. Like, nah, it's good, yo. You sure. I mean? And if you keep good people around you, you know that uh, let you know what what's up. That's that's the most important thing. Yeah, you don't want no yes men. Just be like, yeah, 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 nah, nah, yeah, yeah. Nah, today that happens so much though. I feel you need like. people to be like. Mm. I, mean, I always do say that again. I always say you need somebody to tell you that you got a booger on your nose. Uh, like, yo, yeah. yo, <laughs> and then you could be like, oh shit. Thank you, man. Just so <laughs> you yeah. straight when you move around other people. I'm that friend. Okay. See, that's why you're my yeah. friend. Yeah. When you guys decided, because you guys were really successful as a duo, when you decided to kind of transition into your own solo, was that an easy transition or was it kind of like a tug of war? Um, nah, it was pretty easy. You know, um, the reason why I did that is because I learned from watching RZA mm. and, uh, you know, yeah, watching the Wu do their business, you know, um, they they a little bit older than us. So, you know, they their mentality was a little older than us. 
So being in hanging out in the loud office, that was like our hangout spot. Like, you know what I'm saying? And um, them dudes used to come in there and, you know, them niggas wasn't hanging out. Them niggas was going in the office, handling shit. Right. Being in the office with Steve Rifkin for two hours, you know what I mean? And um, sometimes I'll be smoking weed with Raekwon and Ghost outside. And they would just tell me, like, yo, son, make sure y'all talking to Steve about this. Make sure y'all talking to the radio department, the video department, marketing, everything. You know what I mean? Don't just come up here. Like, make sure you, these niggas is handling y'all project. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I learned a lot from just from watching them and them schooling us. Like, you know what I mean? And um, I just seen how they had a deal with Loud, and then they broke it down, and each member had a separate deal somewhere else. So they were getting multiple checks. You know what I mean? So I looked at that, and I was like, well, we in the studio making so much music. We got so much work because, you know, me and Hav is like workhorses, work man. Right. We, we don't play. And it's like music's just sitting around. I'm like, why not? If we, we've we been dropping a Mob Deep album like every two years, why not put something in between it and get it at another check? You know what I mean? So that's why I did it. You know what I mean? It had nothing to do with um, uh, P going solo. You know what right. I'm saying? He think he better than, you know what I mean, the group or some shit like that. Nah, it wasn't nothing like that. It was just my hustle mentality that I picked up from watching these niggas, you know what I mean, hustling in the office. Uh, yeah, and it's important to have mentors like that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, you think about it, the Wu or Ray or anybody, just in general, if people have somebody that's been there before, yeah. they help you out because they'll let you know what they didn't do, yeah, exactly. and, they'll, and they'll put you on, you know, to, to help you out. But let's take it back even further, growing up, like, you know, I know you had a great relationship with Pops, man. Yeah. Tell us about the Pops. Yeah, my pops, man, he he was definitely an interesting character, man. <laughs> like, he was like a man of many hats. Like, you know, um, he was in Vietnam and, and mm. like, um, he was a Green Beret. Mm. He, was, he used to, like, he was a paratrooper, so he used to jump out and save POWs and stuff like that. And he had a dojo. He was a, uh, you know, karate teacher. He had a dojo on Jamaica Avenue for, for many years after that. And uh, he was also a computer genius. Um, my pops was like on computers, um, writing programs when I was like five. God damn! So that's like in the eighties, early eighties. Okay. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Windows. So he, yeah, my, my pops actually he was so nice with it. There was this school in Hempstead called TCI, mm. and it was like uh, I forget the, what TCI means, but it's like some tech uh, technology. Technical school, like yeah, yeah something like that. So. Um, my pops, you know, he graduated, like, head of the class. He became, like, one of the teachers there. He was actually in the commercial on TV. And um, he got so good at it that later on in life, when uh, Bill Gates created Microsoft, they sent it to my father. He was one of the first ones to test it for Really? To test Windows for, for Bill Gates, you know what I mean? To see how the program runs and tell him, like, uh, you could change this and needs this to be changed. That's dope. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. And and pops pops had the crazy gun collection. Yeah, you know, yo, was, how how early did pops give you a gun at seven, man? Yeah, my pops was like in the military, <laughs> so he was on his gun. He was on his weapon shit. It wasn't just guns. My pops had bow and arrows, crossbows, like nunchucks, BB guns, oh, Chinese yeah. stars. Yeah, all, I was about to go with that neck, like all that. He was web. nice with the hand to hand combat and the weapons. Now you know, uh, it's funny because I I seen some guy at this gun club uh, in Jersey, and his son was with him. And just because, you know, I have a daughter, she's going to be 17, but my son's two. He's, I mean, he's going to be two. Right. So I'm just thinking from a son's perspective, now that I get to live this life all over again with a son and grow up a son. And I was like, yo, he shoots with you? 
Uh, and he's like, yeah. I was like, how old is he? And he was like, six. eight. And oh. I was eight. <laughs> so I was like, really? I, and then he told me he told me something that really stuck with me. He's like, yo, I want to teach him to respect a gun at yeah. an early age, not fear it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you're supposed to do. If That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. If you have kids in the house yeah. and you're you know, a homeowner and you own a gun, which sure. is your legal right as sure. a homeowner to protect, you know what I mean, your household sure. and your family, um, they tell you. That's the first thing that they tell you. They ask you, you have kids in the house. And they tell you when your kid is old enough, you have to bring them to the range if there's a gun in the house. Because if you, if you don't, you know, then they'll be, you know, be curious if they right. find a gun. Sure. And they'll play with it thinking it's a, it's a toy or something, like thinking it's a game. But if you bring them, you know, once they get old enough to understand and once they get old enough to hold and fire a weapon, um, when you bring them to the gun range and teach them how to shoot the gun, which is, you know, legal gun in your house. I'm talking about, I ain't talking about on the street buying a gun. I'm talking about if you own a rifle or a shotgun or some type of gun in the house, you're supposed to bring your kid when he's at that age or she's at that age, bring them to the gun range, show them the power of that weapon. They need to feel and see the power of the weapon and they'll be scared to touch it after that. Yeah, I tell you, you know, even even thinking about growing up, my daughter, you know, uh, and I know you have a, a teenage daughter. Or she's older than how old is she? Now? My daughter's 17. 17, yeah. yeah. You know, um, I remember speaking to Clark Kent and um, when she was getting older, and I was like, yo, how do I speak to about having sex? Like, about why, you know, just because I knew I had to have the conversation, but I was a little nervous. I remember him telling me years ago, he was like, keep it 100. Like, he's like, yo, and, and, and that shit was hard for me to do, but back to having mentors and people that you could have been there before, yeah. could let you know, like you were talking about with Ray and, and Wu. You know, um, what's your approach even on, like, growing up a daughter, man? Because I know that shit ain't easy, man. It's definitely not. And I agree with Clark. You know what I'm saying? You definitely got to keep it 100, man. It's just like, you know, it's like raising a boy. Like it's, just, it's like the same thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't really treat them any different. You know what I mean? Um, you can't hide things from them. You know, just be real. Like, you know what I mean? Because if not, then you're going to bump into some trouble because yeah. they're going to sneak sneak around i mean any kid boy or girl you know what i mean is going to sneak around and do shit if you're not telling them you know what i mean and if if they can't if you if your daughter feels scared or if your son feel scared to talk to you about certain things they're going to hide things from you you know what i'm saying so you want you want to have that open relationship where they're able to conversate with you and and not be scared to talk to you about anything right you know what i mean yeah you you tell me that uh, your daughter um didn't want to go to high school anymore. Mm-hmm. And f- at first, you were, like, not feeling it. And then she said she was going to do it online. Yeah. And then you agreed to it, man. Like, what was that process like? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, me, when I was in high school, it was pretty wild. I bought my first gun in, in high school. <laughs> you know, in the, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would definitely believe it. In the lunchroom, you know. At um, Art and Design? Yeah, they, was, they used to sell guns. Oh, they used to do. God. It's Eastside High. We used to get our haircuts in the lunchroom. They used to sell mad drugs, mess tabs, acid. Tattoos? Nah, no tattoos. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they had, you know, they had that. Right. I bought my first gun in school. You know what I mean? I bought my first, like, hard drugs in high school in the lunchroom. Damn. We used to take acid, all that. Like, yeah. mess tabs, all yeah. that shit. White so, whitenings? You know, school, it's, that's... High school is like you at that age, you're a teenager, you feel like you're an adult, you know, you out on your own, going to school by yourself, like you know what I mean. So it was like it's it's a it's a it's a it's a crazy time in your life, 
you know, where a lot of responsibility is like you out on your own and, you know, it's a time where you can get in a lot of trouble. You know, you're meeting friends and, you know, they using drugs, drinking and do, doing all kinds of wild stuff, you know, hooky parties, right. cutting out of school. So it's a crazy time in life when you're dealing with high school. So I understood when she came up to me one day, she was like, I don't like going to this school. And I was like, why? She was like, yo, they're having sex in, in the staircase. They're using drugs. They're smoking weed in the staircase. I don't like the girls. The girls are jealous of me. It's mad fights and all that. So I understood what she was saying. But then she was like, um, she was like, I want to go to um, online school. You know what I mean? Um, and I was like, where you hear that from? She was like, the Kardashians. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, man, let me no. think about this for a minute. Like, Thanks, you know Kylie. What I'm <laughs> she was like, yeah, Kylie or one of them, I don't know. She was like, she seen it on the show, whatever they was doing, the online high school. So I thought about it for a minute, you know, and I, you know, I was talking to um, um, her moms about it and my family about it. And, you know, I came to the conclusion, like, I started... What really made me agree was I started thinking about when I was in high school. So I could just only imagine how it is now. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? I'd rather her, you know, go to online high school and uh, be safe. Right. And not be around certain people and experimenting with drugs. and You know, because you can get bad influences. You know what I mean? Just from having the wrong friends or being around the wrong people, a lot of peer pressure, you know what I mean? So I think it was, you know, a good idea for her to go to online high school. Yeah, no, you know, it, to me, it, it really is it, it really is amazing how life works. Because even how you say, I, I keep on harping on this mentor shit or just having people around you. You talk about peer pressure and, and just listen to you over the years, hearing you do on different platforms and just stuff like that. You You said something that stuck with me where you were like, when you were growing up, being in the street and shit, nah. hanging out, smoking or whatever, dudes in the hood were like, yo, get, what the fuck are you doing? Nah. Like, like y'all made some music? Mm-hmm. Like, get the fuck up out of here. And I've seen that for myself where people would be like, yo, what are you hanging out for? You a smart kid. Like, like, like almost kind of telling me, I mean, not in that way, but kind of nah. telling me like, yo, we we good here. We ain't good. This is what we chose and this is where we staying. But you, you got, you got a chance. Right. I mean, like, yo, honestly, not only was that dope for you, let us know how that was for you, but more so, that shit doesn't happen that often hey, in this that, world that's anymore. Real. That's real. That's real. I mean, there was times like two in the morning, me and my friends hanging out in the hood, we breaking into buildings, stealing all kinds of just <laughs> doing it for nothing. Like, you know, all right, we're going to steal all this stuff and sell some fax machines, sell some clocks and phones and bullshit and get some weed money and go buy some sneakers or something. So we were coming out, we had broken into this place. We were coming out with like shopping carts full of shit. And we was walking down the hill in Queensbridge. And one of the older dudes out there, you know, he was like a respected, you know, street nigga, like drug dealer nigga. Mm. Everybody know him, everybody respect him. And um, he was like, yo, P, what the fuck are you doing? Come here real quick. And I'm like, what's up? You know, I'm high, drunk, we wilding. He like, let me sit down, let me talk to you. He like, yo, what you doing? What you doing right now? And I was like, you know, we, we just stole a bunch of shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? We about to go stash the shit and sell it later. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Chill, man. He's like, yo, you and have make dope music. Y'all y'all good. Y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like y'all music. Y'all doing good. Y'all got something going for yourself. Like, don't be out here with these niggas, like, these knuckleheads. Let these niggas get in trouble, man. That ain't your life, man. 
Stay away from all of that shit, man. Don't be running around with these niggas. Um, you know, actually, one of his one of his boys, I, when I was working with the shopping cart, we had like three shopping carts. My other dudes was ahead of me. I'm working with the other shopping cart behind. And one of this kid I'm talking about, one of his mans grabbed the shopping cart and was like, yo, give me this shit. So we started arguing. And I'm like, what the fuck you doing? So then my man seen it, and he stopped the argument, and he was like, yo, come here, let me talk to you. That's when he sat me down and was like, yo, listen, don't be doing this shit, man. You know what I mean? You don't have got a dope career. You're doing good for yourself. You know, um, and this is this is before, you know, anything was popping. We People in the hood just knew the music we was making because sure. we would come back with our demo tapes and play it for everybody. So they knew we had something going for ourselves, and he was just like, yo, man, get your shit together, man. Don't be doing it. We running around here with these knuckleheads. You know what I mean? So I always remember that. They always stuck with me. Like, you know what I mean? To see somebody like him tell me that. You know what I mean? That always stuck with me. Like, because, you know, he he out there doing his thing, hustling. Sure. He, didn't, he didn't have to do that. Yeah, he out there busting his gun, all that. They getting in this shit. You know what I'm saying? And he telling me to chill. Right. You know what I mean? And I always just took that and I was like, damn, that's, that's what's up. You, you ever get I mean? a chance to do that to somebody else later on? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Especially my son, <laughs> you know what I mean. Especially my son, because it was a moment my son was wowing. How old is he? He's twenty. You were gonna have to get Jeezy on him when Jeezy got his son. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, man, my son was wowing for a minute, but you know I had to sit him down and have that conversation a few times. But not just him. I had that conversation with a lot of other people. You know mm. what I mean? A lot of the younger, younger dudes that you know, just wowing. You know what I mean? And I, I could just see where that was going to go, where that was going to lead to. And, you know, I always remember what my homie rap told me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think it's just so important because when you, especially how me and you bond too about over in prison, and we just talk about really when you come home to stay home, but also make something out of it. Like, you know, people don't even know how many creative people are away. Like right. like we were talking about, but yo, honestly, there should be Mrs. Austin Crafts in jail. Because that's how talented dudes are in there. Dudes can make things out of soap. Dudes can draw. Dude, I mean, look, this is one thing I love about even Prodigy. That he was away, but then made a cookbook, a prison cookbook, off of being away. See, to me, that's that's the shit that's dope. Like, okay, so I was away. And if some American wants to look at it like he'd been to prison, like it's a bad thing. But here's the thing, turning your life around and then making things out of it. That's right. that, that's a, that's a great thing to me, man. Hell yeah, you know, make make something good out of that bad experience, like you know. No, how t- t- tell people for the people that don't know how talented are people in jail? Man, you got all kinds of talented, but basketball players, mm-hmm. rappers, singers, mm-hmm. domino players, yeah, chess players, chess players, uh, artists, like you know, drawing. You got all kinds of you know talented people in there that you know they made a mistake, they landed in jail. And they got to, you know, pay for what they did. You know what I mean? But there's a lot of dope rappers in there, <laughs> for sure. Every, uh, everybody rapping, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, now, throughout, I know that they had you all over the place when you yeah. were away. But was there any time that you were Evan and Pop around? Uh... Um, the only time that I was, like, close to something, like, Pop was, like, probably, like, Rikers Island. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Going through Rikers. But, um... Nah, they always, they always, you know, I was high profile. Yeah, they have you in uh, NIC. Yeah, so I went, I went straight to NIC because I came, I came in from the hospital. You know what I mean? Because I made, I had to make sure I was going to get my medicine in there. That's right. You have, you have sickle cell, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So 
I already know what it's like to be locked up. You know what I mean? Because I've been I've been locked up before the fame and all of that. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been in Nassau County. You know what I mean? Not not some serious time, but I've been in Nassau County for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I got sick in there, and it was bad. You know what I mean? So I always remembered that, and I was like, Nah, that's not. If I gotta do three years, I'm gonna make sure they give me my medicine. And the only way to make sure that they was giving me my medicine, I had to come in to start my time from the hospital. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I had to play the game. You know yeah, because because they don't give a fuck. Play. Yeah, because no. I've seen people with diabetes in there. They says, "Listen, you wait until we open the cell. That's until, crazy. Until we fucking come." Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did it too because mm. I was able to get my, you know, what I mean, my medication every day. Yeah, even even if I didn't needed it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I only need what, what what I take is pain medicine. Okay, that's it. There's no other medication for sickle cell. Percocets, Percocets, morphine, like anything. That's but what pain milligram medicine. on the Percocet? I need one of them. Like 10. Okay. You know what I mean? Yo, I, yo, let me tell you something. I got my wisdom tool pulled, hey. and they gave me some Percocets. Yo, I, I took one of them shits. I melted into the bed. Yo, I swear to God, that shit was like a marshmallow. Yeah, I was man. like sitting there like, oh, shit. That's, that shit is no joke. It's just strong. People be ODing over that shit. Like, that shit is no joke. Yo, pills is the new crack game. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, it is. You think about it. Like, a pill dealer makes it just as much as, say, a crack dealer made in, 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 in shit. I made thousands of dollars you sell, up, selling my pills. pills. Hell yeah. So you don't need them on a daily? Nah, only when I'm sick. Only when, yeah. yeah. But the jail didn't know that. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But something that's great about you is that you never allowed that sickness to hinder or halt your pursuit. Like, what gave you strength? Um, Just, you know, my, my love for hip-hop and my, 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 my drive and just passion for wanting to succeed. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanted to win. I wanted to win. And I, I wasn't taking no for an answer. Was you it ever I mean? like a show or something that you couldn't do because you were sick? Yeah, definitely. Plenty of them. Like a lot? Plenty of them. Especially when I was younger and I didn't realize that all my drinking and bad diet right. and all that stuff was affecting my sickle cell. I didn't realize that until I got into like my mid-20s. You know what I mean? Then I started realizing from from learning, from reading right. um, that you know diet controls yeah, everything. Any kind of health yes, problems. Everything. You know what I'm saying? How's it how's it doing today? It's doing good, man. Like, you know, I eat good, you know. Are you like I, cutting any out thing out like meat? Do you eat meat? Are you juicing? Recently, mm-hmm. um, I've been eating red meat and um, Really? Meat. But you stopped that for a minute, yeah, no? Yeah, I stopped for like years, a long time. But I've been like recently I don't eat red meat like that. You know what I'm saying? Like very every so often. You know what I'm saying? But um yeah, I'm about to get back on my regimen because I don't have a choice. Like, but you I, got this cookbook I can, I can and it has some great recipes in it that yeah. you could like mess with, right? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I could eat everything in that book. Right. You know what what I mean? inspired you to do that? Were you were you cooking when you in there? Are these like recipes of some of your like fellow inmates? So basically, you know, this book right here, the um, the cookbook, is just everything that we would make in the prison. You know what I mean? Um, everything that. That I would like to make, and some of some it was some recipes in there also that stuff shit that I didn't make. <laughs> That's what the chapter is called, like you know what I mean, <laughs> shit that I never ate, but you might like it, like you know what I'm saying. But um, like the fake ass pad thai. Yeah, stuff like that, and like you know. But you uh, definitely made the barbecue. Sa- I had barbecue salmon, and I uh, want this pie. The, yeah, the barbecue salmon is slamming. <laughs> yeah, yo, and and uh, I'll tell you, it's funny because we were talking with um, college. The dorm is the right. same lifestyle as jail because they use... Okay, when you go to jail for internet, I don't know. Uh, you get a, a, There's a toaster 
and a, and a, and a microwave. So there is heaven on earth made oh, if you have yeah. the right people and you're getting the right packages sent to you. Yo, uh, that was the first time when I was away hey. where I learned the word hermetically sealed. Yep. I never knew what the fuck. I, I went down. I was like, yo, um, how do I get my family to send me a package? They're like, it couldn't be no more than 30 pounds or something like that. And yep. they were like, and make sure it's hermetically sealed. I was like, what the fuck did he just say? So I, I went back, read a dictionary. I'm looking through hermetically sealed. And then I was like, yo, let me just ask somebody in this journal. I'm like, right. what, is, what is hermetically sealed? Hermetically is like, 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 it's sealed, like where it's not even open. Like it's got to be, uh, what is that? Like we've, It's like, like where you can't, you can't. They they don't want to make they want to make sure there's no weapons or drugs yeah. coming into jail. It's like sneaking in and food, so they want to make sure it's like professionally sealed from the factory sealed. Like you uh, know, all I mean? the products that are inside the box. Yeah, the stuff. Yeah, that or the or the meats, right, pause, right, right. You know? The what? stuff that you get from your package right. it has to be like hermetically yeah, sealed. Yeah, hermetically sealed. <laughs> professionally, like you can't have no. It can't just open man easy. You ain't gonna get that in. Right. Yeah. And and one thing I I loved was that see I didn't have okay sometimes I would get my mother to send me the time like we used to have pot so for instance for internet that know and know me they know I always talk about Sunday's baked chicken in prison right right now we, I used to go get the baked chicken but then put it in other things that we used to make right. right but more so I was always used to eating pasta on Sundays when I was home right so I remember I never forget when I wanted to like like that's the thing some people don't realize in jail. It may be different, but I was living the lifestyle that I wanted to live just by being around the right people and having the right things. So I would have somebody like, I didn't have the wooden spoon, but there was somebody who had a spoon, you know? Then there was somebody who had uh, mozzarella cheese, and I was able to have this. And we would make the macaroni, we make everything. And yo, I'll tell you one thing, man. Spanish dudes, man, in there, yo, they would, yo, some. They make a coquito? Nah, man, yo. They cut up with the can. You know how they use the the the, the can opener to to use this as a, as a slicer. The can top. The can top. Yo, right. motherfucker know. was cutting garlic like 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 oh, he had word. a fucking Ginsu knife. Yeah, I mean food like food in jail, man. It's nothing. It's nothing else to do in 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 prison. Like you know what I mean. You can use the phone. You can watch TV. You can read. You can work out. You can cook. You know what I mean. Maybe play some cards. So it's like. Why not cook and eat good? Like right. you know what I mean. So we would really like focus on that. Like that, we would make some shit in there. Like you know what I mean. We would really take our time and you know share ideas and recipes and you know what I mean. Like spend our time cooking and taking care. Of, you know how we eat. We were eating good, making sure that we eating good every day. Was anybody trying to spit for you in there? Every day, <laughs> every day, that shit was. Annoying. You had to get tired of that shit. Yeah, that shit was yo, 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 yo! I can imagine it. Yo, P, yo, P. Let me. I, I, I thought of something last night. Let me hit you with it right quick. Like, go ahead, go ahead. Man, man, I could just imagine if they had me in general pop. Oh my god! Come on, man. I would be getting into fights with niggas. Like, get the fuck out my face, dog. <laughs> I don't want to hear your shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, it's too much. Yo, internet. Let me tell you something. The commissary, commissary kitchen. First of all. You wrote a you wrote another book too. Hey. My infamous was it was it the infamous my infamous life. Yeah, I mean that's another dope book. But internet biography. This book, um, Commissary Kitchen, my infamous prison cookbook. Um, let me tell you something. The pictures alone, the recipes in there, like like yo, what's that macaroni and salad with apples? Yeah, macaroni salad with apples. That's like one of my favorites in there. Yeah, when you just came home, I remember you saying that you. Uh, you were making that shit for your family, uh, and they're like, "What? Like, kind of like you like, what the fuck is this? But yo, can you make some more? Uh, like, you know, you were making the, the barbecue salmon, the mac- macaroni salad with apples. What, every, like, what, what fucks everybody head up? Like when I make this stuff for people at home, is when I make the 
the barbecue salmon and they see me putting octopus in it. Like, they're not used to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you octopus I mean? was so good, man. Hell yeah. Like, yo, but, check the internet. Where you get octopus? They just send you, like, in a can? No, nah, you can like, buy it in commissary. Yeah, commissary. Oh. It come in a little can. Yeah. Okay, kind of like the sardine situation, kind of like that, that yeah. can. Yeah, and something exactly. I, I didn't know until I went away was that a lot of canned things come in pouches. Like, I never knew that, like, tuna. Like, I never knew that oh, tuna came you. in pouches saying, yeah. until I was away. Like, even, like, smoked baby clams when I was mm-hmm. in Rikers, they had that in a pouch. Yep. But, uh, yo, internet, listen, this book, if you, listen, if you like recipes, if you like to cook, if you about that, you got to eat this life, go out there, cop it, fuck it. Is it, uh, is it um, on Barnes & Nobles? Yeah, okay. barnesandnoble.com. I got the... Amazon. Amazon. I got the audio version on iTunes. Because some of y'all don't know how to read. Don't worry, he got you know y'all. I mean? Shit. Well, let me tell you something. I love this one. Peas Jailbreak. Ready? You know what it is? Ramen noodles, Doritos, but listen, you could also substitute with Cheez-Its or sliced cheese, <laughs> canned sausage, and hot sauce. Yo, let me tell you something. It's all about that hot let sauce. Let me tell you something. Miss, listen, when I was in there for cheese, that's what I learned. I crumbled up the Cheez-Its. Uh, Yo, putting Cheez-Its on... On something and substitute of cheese, like that's the one thing. It Let me works. tell you something. I'm not glorifying jail. I'm saying I made a mistake. P made a mistake. Or we knew what we were doing. We just got made in a trouble. mistake. You got in trouble. You got but caught. here's got the thing. That's the mistake. <laughs> no, but here's here's the dope thing. To substitute and live life to adjust because it's not easy to adjust. Right. To adjust and live that lifestyle. Like for instance, I I I love mozzarella, but while I was away, I had to have cheese it. And, and and I couldn't comprehend how I'm going to crush Cheez-Its, crackers, to become cheese. I mean, you got to do what you got to do for the circumstance you're in. Like, you know, you had no choice. A lot of people, I, I read a lot of the comments on Instagram, Facebook, and all that, and they be like, yo, why would I want to buy a book about cooking prison food? You know what I'm saying? And I And my response to that is, I made this book just to share my experience with people. You know what I mean? To show you what I had to do to try to eat as healthy as possible in there. And, um, you know, also shed some light on how foul the prison food, the actual prison food, the three meals they feed you every day, how foul that is. Like, you know, there's a big thing going on with, like, prison reform right mm-hmm. now. And food is a major part of that, you People know. People going on strike because they they're not eating. Yeah. Didn't. Food is a major part of prison That's reform, it. you know what I'm saying? Um so that was one of the reasons why I made the book, too, just to shed some light and start that conversation and get people talking about it and, you know, help some of that reform happen also. You and know it also I mean? shows the creativity of the people on the inside, like how amazing they are for making a way out of no way. And, sure. not, and not only that, a lot of the recipes in the book, you could substitute. You don't have to make stuff out of can. You know, you out in the world, you're reading this book, you can go to the fresh, you know, right. supermarket, get you a fresh salmon, mm-hmm. use the same exact, you mm-hmm. know, steps. But juice fresh stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I need all of y'all fellas to get this book because y'all have to cook for y'all girls. Don't let, always let the female. And he made it so easy. Like each each um recipe has like no more than like eight ingredients. Like y'all can't get this wrong. Yep, it's it's very stuff. easy for you guys. And I'm it's ready. It's good for the college students too. It's like dormitory style. You know what I mean? And the Eat. first time chef, like the bitches that's talking about, oh, I don't know how to cook. I just make <laughs> reservations. Hell Bitch, yeah. this is it. Right in time for the holidays. And- a pie is on the front. And keep in mind, how many yep. how many different people, I mean, I say to myself, where you just don't know what to cook some days. Right. Like, what do I cook or what do I eat? And if you're ordering out, it gets to become the same thing. Right. I mean, I order out, but then I get tired of that. I cook, I get tired of that. So it's a circle of life, you know? And I think that I love, I, I call these concoctions. 
That, 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 don't ask me to spell it, but that's what I call it. <laughs> when I was away, this is the stuff I used to make was concoctions. Yeah, man. Like, you know, so, but you know, you know what? You did make a great point, and we spoke about this before me and you. Uh, prison, it, it, it's people think that just because you're in prison, you're supposed to live like, uh, you know, like hell. Like an you know? animal. Yeah, like, like, like an animal. You know, like anybody who's been to Rikers Island, man, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you how foul uh, prison is. If you ever had that fruit punch in Rikers Island, if you pour that joint on the floor, it'll stain the whole floor. Stain it. That shit will never come up off that floor. And I'm talking about like fucking uh, uh, um, linoleum. or oh, They don't have linoleum in Rikers. Uh, tile. Whatever the fuck yeah. it is. <laughs> it's bad, man. But what it's, I'm saying is picture good. that. If that, to your if that could stain that fucking tile like that, imagine what it does to your fucking... You know, and, and, and that's one thing I do commend you on that, P, because... You know, dealing with sickle cell right. and dealing with the, just trying to be healthy, that's something that is not almost possible. And you were able to find a way and then really share this, you know, with this infamous prison cookbook with us later on. And in prison, it's like, you know, um, a lot of the inmates, they don't have family to, to send them a package every month. Yeah. A lot of the inmates don't have money on their books. You know what I mean? So they're forced to eat the prison food every day. You know what I mean? I was one one of the lucky ones that I got family. You know what I mean? They could send me a package. I got family. They could put money on my books. I got friends. Put money on my books. Uh, there's a few other inmates in there, you know, that, that got the same thing. But I've seen inmates, they don't get no letters. Damn. They don't got no money on their books. They don't got no package coming. So they're eating this prison food in every, every day, and they relying on the, the job money. Because in prison, you have to have a job every day. Mm-hmm. And they're relying on this job money to fill up their books so they can buy food off a commissary sure. or buy cigarettes or whatever they want. And it's like they only pay you like 10 cent a day or something like that. So it's like that's another reason why, you know, they need that prison reform because yeah. people, they want they want to get paid higher. Like, right. You know what I mean? Because the 13th, the 13th Amendment in the Constitution says that slavery is still legal with if you're locked up, if you're incarcerated. Right. So they can just make you work. You know what I mean? You have to work. You don't have a choice. Yep, and a lot of these major corporations are paying that labor, like Victoria's Secret and Target. Like they have the inmates making their product for so, ten cents. And I get it. Like I get it. You locked up. You gotta pay your debt to society. You know what I'm saying? But you know that needs to be that needs to be um, you know reformed a little bit. There needs to be some type sure. of reform. Right, we're still they, human beings. Yeah, this is two thousand and. 17 almost right. it, it, things you gotta change man, man. things that even, even I speak about this I spoke about it many times before uh, listen, um, where even the church like a Catholic church like you know I told I, I had my son baptized I couldn't get you know my sister's gay she's married to a girl they don't accept that the, yeah. the priests don't get married they're touching little boys out here you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. oh like the point I'm making is that as we keep on going, you know, the years keep on going by, things need to change. Yeah, right. they progress. There you go. You know what I mean? Laws change all the time. Like, you know, the Constitution, you know, it is it, constantly like, you know, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Like, Evolving? Like, yeah, evolving. You know what I'm saying? Um, black people was looked at as only like 2% of a human being. Right. They changed that in the Constitution at the time. You know, um, Certain things just change over time, and this is one of the things that need to be changed. So, you know, that was, like, really one of the main reasons I wrote this book, just to shed some light, start some conversation on that, and, you know, help usher that change in. 
as as, as it's needed. You know what? Let's take a break. We'll come back. Bandana P is in the motherfucking building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Internets don't go nowhere. You listen to the Premium P Show with Miss Listen Knows. Be right back. Ow. Chichi. This is Milk D, aka Milk is Chillin'. Right now, you're checking out the Premium Pete Show with Miss Lissa Knows. What more can I say? Al, this episode is sponsored by the good folks at Bevel. Listen, Bevel is offering their first month free, okay? Head on over to getbevel.com forward slash Pete to find out what you could get. Because Bevel, let me tell you something. Not only do you shave smarter with Bevel, okay? But it's clinically proven, okay? To, to not have any, all that ugly shit no on your razor face. bumps, no nothing. You don't want to have crater face when you trying to, you know, be smooth on a bitch. You got to have that good baby bottom booty cheeks. And you want it to be smooth. Yeah. Okay? Let me tell you something. Smooth. When you get that shave, that smooth shave, bevel is cutting edge. Internet, head on over to getbevel.com forward slash Pete. First month free. And I told you, it's holiday time. If you love your man, get him a bevel. If you, if you, men, if you love your woman, get him a bevel. And if you love your grandmother, get her a bevel. Get everybody a damn bevel. They're giving you some money off. Just go to getbevel.com right now and load up on all your stocking stuffers. Al. Now let's get back to the show. Cheer. Internets, and we're back sitting here with Bandana P. Prodigy. Yes, sir. HNIC. Al, you still break bread, ribs, and $100 bills? $100 bills. Perfect. Let me hold on. Four wheels. <laughs> and your chain, and w- w- what does your chain do? My chain hang down on my deck. My piece bang glass tables. Yo, wait. What, first of all, what, what, how much, how good was the weed for you to fucking come up with a line like that? Honestly. I mean, that shit just really happened because me and Hav used to have this crib together, you know, the Mob Deep house. And uh, we had this big-ass glass kitchen table, and we all used to sit around and eat. And every time I used to get up, by <laughs> mistake, my, my fucking medallion would bang <laughs> the shit out the table. And I'd be like, oh, shit, almost broke the table just now. So Not, it just, it just, just came, came like that? naturally. Yeah. Do, do you write your shit down, or, or it just comes to your head? Nah, I got definitely, I'm a writer. Yeah. I'm definitely a writer. So you got books? Yeah, I got books and books and books. Now, do you think about, I know a lot of rappers think about, like, um, you know, if they have a gun. So they want to have content. Right. Do you make music like that for you know just in case if anything ever happened? Um, just so they could always put something out. You know what I mean? Nah, I never, I never really, I never really thought like that. I just like making your own will. It's like a rapper's will. Yeah, I never, I never thought, mm-hmm. I never thought to do that. Yeah, well, maybe you do it. Right. Maybe. <laughs> Damn, he stayed trying to kill somebody. <laughs> speaking no, no. Of, speaking of dead rappers, so. One of the like noted beefs was between, I guess, Tupac and everybody. Right. And when his song "Hit 'Em Up" dropped, how did you feel having your name dropped on that song? Um, when he did that, I was just like, "Oh, word! All right, let's go then." And Hail Mary too, right? And Hail Mary. Time to go. Like Like he kept saying, "I guess how it felt like it was like a real issue." Was it like an issue on your side, or do you feel like he was just like going off and kind of like? shooting it like whoever nah I think he was definitely focused on particular individuals right he wasn't just going at everybody he had like certain people in mind or whatever he named exactly who he was talking about yeah um but um I knew you know I knew what it was about you know what I mean it was over the, the song with Maul Deep and the song that Snoop and, and Dog Pound had the L- and when then they you crushed the that. buildings yeah so you know Pac just came in and was like let me handle this 
he was the new artist on Death Row, so he was like, "Let me handle this for y'all." Yeah, but it's amazing too. The LL, the LA, LA song that you made. Yeah. That uh, it was the number one record in LA. Yeah. Like how crazy is they were playing that shit on the radio? Yeah. I know that you were fucking confused when you heard that fucking shit. We was going out there performing it. They they were booking you to come out there. When exactly when the song came out, we was going out there performing it. Were you uncomfortable, or did you just feel like we mob deep, so we good? At that time, you know, um. I was about, I had to be about man, 20, 21. Um, I ain't really care about too much. Right, you know what he was boony boony. I ain't really care about too much. Um, you, know, I, you know, the team that we had with us, you know what I mean? Plus, you know, just, Mom how, just how we was living. Like, right. We, we didn't really care too much about the future or nothing like that. We just was so selfish-minded and just thinking about, our music and we the shit nobody fucking with us fuck everybody that was our mentality like so when they said come perform we was like hell yeah we coming what's up like you know what I mean right you lived in a time where like real situations and real issues through music real beef how do too you, right that's what I'm saying like how do you feel with like the new issues or the new beefs between like certain rappers and individuals still going on like it's today? organic or do you feel like it's just like good for I'm, commercial I'm, sh- I'm sure that uh you know, the, the, whoever these young, you know, the rappers that's beefing with each other now, I'm sure that they feel serious about it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure that there's, you know, uh, not probably maybe not all of them, but I'm sure there's a few of them or most of them that they serious about what they're talking about. They probably really don't like this one or that one. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> Jesus don't want us doing this. Don't worry, pocket's over. Moving on now. <laughs> but, but no, no. But when, it says my mic fell. My mic fell when when Prodigy was talking about that. No, but when yeah. you, th- you if you think about it too, the only thing that I don't ever understand is, is is a couple of things. Is that some people get very here, and this is the funny thing about beef. Even like game, like I look at it like game. You know, uh, going back with Meek and like just saying like what he's gonna do. I feel like back then it was it was on wax, but 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 it was like people were just. I feel like you're getting so much trouble these days. Keep right. in mind the, the the cops are reading into people's lyrics now. Yeah, it's, right? diff- it's definitely way different now. You know what I mean, don't get it twisted. Back in the days, it was more dangerous, right, yeah. than what it is now, right, because of the police. But even though you had and a record, cameras. yeah, exactly. But even though you had a record deal, you've seen, you know, you know, wealth. Nah. Living a better life, you were willing to risk it, like uh, you know, with the beef that was going on. And I'm not talking about anybody in particular, just in general. Yeah, I mean, just that's just was out, you know, that young mentality, like you know what I'm saying. When you young and coming up, you know, that was the mentality that we had. Right. You know what I mean? Coming from the neighborhoods that we were in, and uh, you know, all the stuff that we were going through, that was just the mentality that we had. You know what I mean? And um. Yeah, man. I mean, back in the days, I'm going to give you a perfect example. Like, gentrification. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Back in the days, you go through Brooklyn or you go through certain parts of Queensbridge or certain parts of here and there. It didn't look like how it didn't look now right. back in the days. Wasn't like, no Chipotle. That's because shit changed. <laughs> There's no almond milk either. Right. It, it's safer now. That's why it's like that. Right. Because it's safer now. That's why people are moving into these neighborhoods. They feel safe to be there. You know what I mean? Back in the days, they wouldn't have did that. Sure. Right. They, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and they're just <clears throat> trying to get close to the city, you know, so they live on the outskirts with something they could afford. But you know what's crazy? Uh, As we continue on talking about, you know, with the beef, you know, that you have gone through and the beef today, 
you think about even just hearing with Nas, your beef with Nas. But that really wasn't with Nas. That made me right. sad. No, no, but that really wasn't with Nas. What I, and you tell me, but... And I and this is a question not only for the beef, but in general of what people think these days. I know a lot of people in his group were, were, were hating on you because they felt you weren't from the hood or from the project where they were from. Mm-hmm. But even so, two things I'm going to say. And even so, later on, if people... I think people still feel that way, not with you, in general, where it's like... If, the idea is to get out of the hood too. Mm-hmm. I think people look into like people just hate on people that are doing something that they ain't doing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, was that the case with the Nas shit? I mean, or his the crew thing, really? The thing, the thing with me and Nas, um, I think it just got blown out of proportion because of you know exactly what you said. Like certain people around him, you know, what I mean, didn't like me, and certain people around me didn't like him. You know what I mean? So it was like we got. It got crazy. We clashed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but me and him talked it out at the end of the day, and we both understood, like, you know, it wasn't nothing, nothing personal. You know what I mean? It was just always somebody on your side didn't like this, somebody on my side didn't like this. So it just it put a tension on our relationship. Like, it kind of fucked things up a little bit. But How many years was that? That was that was for a minute, though, this, no? this was back in, like... No, I'm saying how many years that lasted? That was for a minute, no? Oh, I mean, yeah, it, it lasted a little while. You know what I mean? It definitely lasted a little while because, you know, people get angry. Like, you know, you got to be mad about that, I'm mad about this. So you got to let it die down, and then over time heals all things. Like, you know what I'm saying? You grow up, you start thinking different. You start realizing, like, that was stupid. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. You start seeing who real, who fake. Like, time will show a lot of shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Time reveals shit, and you start seeing, like, oh, this nigga was fake the whole time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or, oh, this nigga was, he wasn't even really my friend the whole time. He did, he pulled some bullshit. All you got to do is wait sometime and see. You know what I'm saying? Even, even like, even with Jay, you know, it's funny, because, like, that whole, even with, like, the crazy thing is, even with that Summer Jam shit, when he, when he put that picture up, right. to me, personally, and I'm telling you this 100 I never saw what people try to portray that to be. Meaning, like, right. they said that it looked like a ballerina. Like, You're a young point? kid. Yeah. Yo, yo, let me tell you something. I got pictures with Michael Jackson's. I put them up on Throwback Thursday. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> you them. Got that so I got a silk shirt, black jacket, the gold zippers. I got the red. Yo, I got hey. the, the, the silk pants on, shoes, and a, and a glove. Hey. So when you ask me, what do I see? And I'm being dead honest with you. Hey. What I see, I see. Uh, 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 you could have been a tap dancer, for all we know. <laughs> Who knows? You could have been a, 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 a you know, uh, emulating Michael Jackson. Aye. What was your first thought when you when you heard about that? And where were you? I was in the crib. I was in the Mob Deep Mansion, mm-hmm. in Long Island. I got a phone call from my man G, my man Illa G. He from somewhere. Oh, Illa G. Uh, yeah, Sean yeah. Price has done a lot of stuff with him. Yeah, we went to high school together. So G's in the crowd at Summer Jam. And he calls me. He's like, yo, son, remember that picture that you showed me? He was like, yeah, I told you that shit was going to come to haunt you one day. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, we cracking up on the phone. Me and G just dying laughing like, oh, shit, this is a funny nigga. He put the picture up. Word. It was just funny. It was funny to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. People thought I was hurt. Like, your average person, like, your average person that's in the crowd or that don't know me or, you know what I'm saying, don't know about our lifestyle, like, they're like, oh, Jay got him all like He destroyed P. Like, like these people don't know. They just, they listening to what Jay said on the song. You was a ballerina. I got the picture I seen you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, in the picture that he put up, there's not even a ballerina picture. You know what I'm saying? What, what was that picture from? It was a picture from my grandmother's um, catalog program. 
It's mm-hmm. a show program. You know mm-hmm. how you go like to the circus, you get the sure. program or you get the playbill sure. at the Broadway play. Sure. So my grandma would do these concerts every year and she would have a program at every concert of all the students. And you know the students would pay to be in the program. Sure. Yeah, you pay like fifty dollars, hundred dollars a page or something like that. So, you know, parents would pay for their kids to have a few pages in the in the program. So, you know, me, that's my grandmother. So I'm in the program. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, I was in the program maybe, I think, twice or three times, you know what I mean, when I was younger because I used to be in the dance school and taking classes and whatnot, you know what I'm saying? I took ballet. I took tap. I took jazz, African, all that mm-hmm. shit. Like, mm-hmm. that's what my family does. My grandmother was very famous. And your, like, isn't, you know isn't, your, isn't your, your mother was a, um, part of a, what group was she? She was in the Crystals. Yeah, and, and you come I, from too many popping people and your grandfather founded Morehouse. And my great-great-grandfather. Like, you got a lot. The college? Yeah, yeah. It's like his family Fuck. tree, it's, like his family Hell tree yeah. got a lot of fruit on it. It's good. <laughs> sure. It got like all types of things. Matter of fact, if you make those, happening. if you make that very album fruitful. with those songs, put me in that will, please. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> you say you only got two children's? Yeah, I got two kids. That he knows of. But. Yeah, we're about to add some more. No, no, no. Oh, really? Clank, clank. No, no. But, 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 uh, but look, but look, though, like I was saying, you know, your average person, they, you know, they'll run around. They don't really know what's going on with me. They don't really know, you know, that, that my personal life. So they think that, oh, this dude destroyed P's career, mm-hmm. not knowing that I'm la- I'm finding it funny. It's hilarious to me. Like it's, it's it's really funny what he did. That was a good one. Like you know how you and your man just giggle sure. on each other, sure. and he snap on you crazy hard, and you gotta laugh at it because it's just funny. Yeah. Like, so that was just funny to me. You know what I'm saying? Now that now, was a good one. <laughs> did you did you get a chance to fully speak with him? And uh, ever since then, yeah, yeah, we spoke about it. Like. Um, Did he give you the laugh? Was, no, back then I had the mentality like it was funny. Nigga. It was funny, but I was like, "All right, I'm gonna see you though." You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, that, yeah, that was funny. Ha ha ha! But I'm running around with 300 niggas with guns, yeah, and we in every club, and we're gonna see you, and we're gonna hurt you, dog. Like, didn't you? Didn't you? you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but didn't you hit, go to a restaurant that he was at or something? Yeah, it was like a few that that. Uh, what was it, New Year's or something? That winter after Summer Jam, we had went to hang out at Justin's one night. Mm. And we it was like me and 10, 15 of my boys, whatever, we just chilling or whatever. But, um, you know, we hit a DJ say, yo, shout out to Jay-Z and uh, Jermaine Dupree in the house. So we was in this club, you know, it's Justin's, so we in, we was in there for like an hour already. We ain't seen no Jay-Z and nobody in there. So now <laughs> we looking at each other like, where they at though? You heard that song? He just said Jay in the club. So now we like, yes, I'm tightening my belt. Like, I'm, I'm like, all right, let me. I'm tying Let's get my this sh- shit. I'm tying my shoes up super tight. My man got the gun on him. He like, yo, I'm gonna pop this nigga. So I'm like, yo, chill. I'm like, do not shoot in this motherfucking club. I had to tell my man, chill. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, chill. Do not shoot in this club, dog. Chill. We can just beat this nigga up. Chill, son. He like, no, no, no. Let me pop this nigga. Son, fuck that. I'm like, yo, chill, my nigga, chill. So. We waiting for the nigga. We like, all right, let's just surround the front door. So we surrounded the front door. So if you come in or out, you have to walk through us. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So we just stood there and waited. Because we ain't see him nowhere in the club. So we stood there and waited. Finally, they came out the back. And we see, you know, Jermaine Dupree okay. walking. We see Jay walking. Jermaine Dupree sees me. And he starts moving fast. He got up out of there. Quick. He left that nigga. 
You know what I'm saying? Jumped. Jay seen me from across the room. He put his hand out from across the room. He got his hand out already. Like he's all the way down there. And he got his hand out like this, walking up to me. Man, like a businessman. Right. Just to show me like white, a flag. white flag, nigga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Wow. So I see him do that. So I'm like, what's up? He like, yo, it's just rap music, son. It's just hip hop. Ain't no beef, yo. I'm like, I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right, cool. He like, yeah, I just wish you would have talked to me before you said what you said. I was like, all right, it is what it is, my nigga. He's like, but there ain't no beef, though. I'm like, all right, cool. And he left. And my nigga was mad as hell at me. Because <laughs> he made, when Jay said that to me, he made me, he made everything change in my brain. I'm like, he right. You know what I'm saying? And like, he was right. It's just, yeah. he's like, it's just yeah. rap music, my nigga. It ain't no beef, my nigga. I was like, you know what? You right, my nigga. All right, cool. Do you feel like more people directed their beef and their lyrical issues to you than your brother Havoc? Like, is it because um, you're light skinned? Nah, I doubt <laughs> that because, um, you know, I'm not the type of person, like, I'm not a soft nigga. Like, if you meet me, you talk to me, you're going to tell off top I'm not no soft nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. one two-minute conversation with me, looking at me, you're going to be like, I don't know about this one right here. Just be careful with that nigga right there. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think people, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it is, but I know this, though. I know that when I write my songs, it's very aggressive. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not playing with people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I take my music serious. And, you know, that's just what rap music is. That's our style of music. Sure. And and, and it's a, it's a you know sport, man. It's a sport. Yeah. And we... we on some other shit with it. Like, Mob Deep, we created a sound. Like, our style, our sound is like gladiator, hardcore, hip-hop music with that makes sense, though. It's not like we talking reckless right. and telling people, oh, running around, I eat your baby, and you know what I'm saying? Like, remember that shit, horrorcore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, but that's not us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're saying shit that actually makes sense. Right. You know what I'm saying? And if you listen to it, you can learn a lesson from it. You know what I mean? Even all the way back to our first song, Peer Pressure. Yep, yep. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's we, uh, we kind of mastered blending in the peer pressure style shit with the the street shit where we from and just putting it together so you can have a, like a full story of both sides. Of like, all right, you want to live the street life? You want to sell drugs? You want to bust your gun? All right, this is going to happen though. This is the consequences mm-hmm. of that. You know what I mean? You're going to die. You're going to get locked up. Mm-hmm. This is going to be bad for you. You know what I'm saying? But, Take your pick, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the whole picture, though. We're not giving you half the picture. We're giving you the whole picture. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they dig that. They feeling it. So that's where our fan base, you know what I mean, came from. A lot of people like, yo, I love y'all niggas. I love how y'all put it out. I lo- y'all music is soundtrack to my life. Like, I, I learned a True. lot listening to Mob Deep. Mob Deep raised me. Like, a lot of people say that shit to us. Like, True. you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. It's like, um, I guess people uh, are offended. But a lot of things I said, I started a lot of shit, you know what I mean, by basically just being too... Uh, aggressive? Nah, not even aggressive, being too... Taking things too personal, what, what, anything? What you call it? Um, Not personal, but like, um, when you're too opinionated about something, yeah. yo, this shit is a never-ending court. Right. <laughs> it's a double-dutch rope. I'm trying to like get my foot <laughs> out of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like um, outspoken. 
mm. very outspoken. So, yeah, okay, okay, okay. You know like a Sagittarius, what, what, are you... What a sign? I'm a Scorpio. Okay. How oh, a Scorpio? Yeah. Mm, he's snappy. Okay. He's definitely snappy. I'm moody. Okay. But you one thing that you are good at is time. Like, while most people want instant gratification, like, you'll wait for the perfect time to strike the iron. Yeah. Like, you don't need to, like, you know, just jump into it because you're going to do it. You're going to make so sure you're going to do it right. So fucking tarot card read over here. Call me now. <laughs> Yo, uh, let me ask you something. Um, big pun pull guns out on you? Yeah. Where, how? A lot of guns. Where, like, <laughs> how? What, do you, what does this even mean? So, pun, that was my homie, like, because, you know, he was signing, he was signing loud. So, we would be in the office every day, just like Wu-Tang, you know, everybody would be in the office, like, chilling, smoking weed, learning listening to music, you know, just learning off each other. And me and Pun, just we started hanging out a lot. We would go to the clubs together. He would call me, yo, P, we going out tonight. Come through. Yo, come to the crib. Yo, come to chill. You know what I mean? I would call him. So we were, like, real close. And and uh, one night he had called me, like, yo, let's go to the club tonight. Meet me at the crib. So me and a couple of my boys, we went to this crib up in the Bronx. And we get there, and... um. I get inside the house, and he had this knife on the couch. It was like a knife with brass knuckles on it. Okay, yeah, shit? I know those. Yeah, those are dope. And, and it had the spikes on the spikes, brass yep, knuckles. Yep, yep. So I'm like, oh, this shit is ill, right? I'm looking at him like, oh, this shit is crazy, son. He's like, oh, Pete, that's nothing. He's like, that's nothing. Put that down. He's like, look under the couch. So I look under the couch. This nigga had the 357, the snub. I was like, oh, this is crazy right here. He said, man, that's nothing. He's like, that's nothing. Put that down. He's like, yeah, 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 homie. Show P your gun. So he went down his ankle, pulled out the little, he, was, he had the little 45. It was like mad small mm. plastic 45. I was like, oh shit, this is crazy, right? He's like, oh, that's nothing, that's nothing. Yo, 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 show P your gun. So now, one by one, he punished doing this, pointing at everybody in the room. There's about 20 people in the house. He pointed at each one of them one by one. Yo, show P your gun. Yo, show P your gun. Show P your gun. It's not <laughs> mad guns out. <laughs> It's mad. Everybody got their guns out in their hand. So I'm the last person. He looked at me. Yo, P, let's see your gun, P. Where your gun at? I'm like, yeah, I left my gun in the car, my nigga. <laughs> I ain't want to bring my gun in your house, my nigga. He's like, ah, oh, see? He said, we got the drop on you right now, son. He said, don't do that ever in your life again. Man, keep that gun on you, man. Look all these guns out on you right now. He said, we can do what we want with you right now. And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, you're right, my nigga. He's not now. I'm just fucking with you, P. I'm just fucking with you. He said, but remember that, though. Yo, he was a comedian, man. <laughs> he, yo, yeah. he, he yeah. was a comedian, man. I heard so many stories, man, of that he did. He was a fucking comedian. How about Nori? How's your relationship with Nori now? Yeah, I mean, you know, Nori's cool. I don't have no problem with Nori. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He's um, got a podcast, you know? Yeah. I, I wonder if you ever show up there. Two things I wonder if I ever see. What? Prodigy on the Drink Tramps podcast, which should happen, maybe you know, it's a, it's a possibility. It should happen. Shouts to Nori, shouts to Drink Champs. Yeah. Um, or y'all signing to uh, Mob Deep signing to Rock Nation. Ah. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> now that laugh. Yo, yeah. <laughs> yo, if I see that fucking picture on Instagram of Havon left, you on the right and Hov in the middle, I'm yo, fucking deleting my account. I ain't going front. I like them Rock Nation hats. Yo, they are oh, dope, man. They got a dope logo. Yeah, that shit is dope, man. That logo is fly, yo. You when, know what I'm saying? I did a did, we did an interview for Title on um, one day. It, they was like the Brooklyn uh, Hip Hop Festival. And Title came and was like interviewing us, and um, they gave us a free subscription to Title and all that. And I was like, "Yo, what's up with them hats, man? They was giving me that free prescription for Title, but 
<laughs> that free subscription, but I want one of them hats. So <laughs> he thought I was playing. I really wanted one. Of them. Really? Oh yeah. Hey, listen. Yo, uh, send him a hat, <laughs> B. Listen, Lenny S. Lenny S. Uh, Emery uh, wants somebody. Emery, Good yeah. Send, send a hat. It's like a fashion thing. Give it to. Him. I mean, at first, you know, it's just for the artist that's on Rock Nation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah. So then they then they released it because people fucked with it so yeah, much, and like, they got like a suede one now. Yeah, it's a dope logo. Man. Sh- shit is dope, man. Shout out to Jay Z, man. <laughs> hey, listen, Rock Nation. There, there we go. You know. Oh yeah. But um, you know what I wanted to uh um i spoke about this before with you in philly and i had i had to bring it up once once we do the podcast i was speaking how hey love with 112 like okay so me growing up mc shan left you only was a song that made me a brooklyn dude made me it's funny a queen's a dude but uh uh, shan is a made me say like yo i can't be so tough all the time i gotta i gotta love someone too Mm -hmm. and years later hey love still being a brooklyn dude uh, not really wanting to dance type style, whatever. Just like one of those dudes that like hard rock, you know, right. knucklehead. Hey, love was like, damn, like come here, ma. Like, like, <laughs> I need, like, like, yo, I know that you caught some slack for that shit, yeah. but that shit was dope as fuck, man. How did that happen to One Twelve or so? We was a, we we were in the Mob Deep crib. You know what I mean? Shout out to the Mob Deep house, Mob Deep Mansion. Yeah, famous crib, man. Crazy stories about the house, but. Uh, yeah, we had a studio built in the crib, so we downstairs working on music, had made this beat. And um, the the first thing that popped in my mind was um, King's son, his song, Hey Love. Mm. He had that song, Hey Love, Hey Love, Hey Love, back in the 80s. So I don't know why that popped in my head. It was like the first lyrics that popped in my mind. So I was like, yo, we should make a chorus. Out. I was like to myself, I was like, I'm going to make a chorus out of that. You know what I'm saying? Make it like an updated version of that song, but change it. You know what I'm saying? Add my own shit to it. Like, so I made the chorus. I mean, not not the chorus, but the uh, my my first few bars. I had my rhyme start. I was like, "Hey, love, I want to hold you and talk to you," and I was like, kind of mimicking even King's son's his uh his, his delivery, mm. like his vocal tone. Like he's like almost like whispering not whispering but like you know almost whispering like he's talking to a girl in her ear very monotone you know what i'm saying so that's how i made it like smooth i made it with like i got my arm around shorty and i'm like talking to her in the air like you know hey love i'm gonna hold you and talk to you put my arm around your shoulder and walk with you you know what i'm saying so that's what was in my mind when i wrote it and i was like hold up you know um i want to make a a I want to make these these these, these female driven songs because that wasn't the first song that we made like that. Like, um, have make a lot of songs like that. You know what I'm saying? On 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 um, a lot of his solo songs that never came out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He got a lot of songs in the stash that never came out, and a lot of have songs like female driven songs, but they hardcore. You know what I'm saying? Because it's from our our perspective. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's like I was just following suit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Writing a song like that. So. I was like, um, you know, I'm going to write a song about a dude that's just taking a girl, trying to convince a girl to leave her dude. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, just taking <laughs> another man's girl. Yeah, yeah. That's thugged out, right? Like, <laughs> you thugging somebody <laughs> for their girl. Yo. Like, yo, come here, shorty. You mine's now. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Come with me. So I was like, we could get, that's a mob deep type of, st- you know what I mean? Most definitely. Mob deep style still. Right. You know Rough, I mean? rugged, and raw. Yeah, so that's that's how the whole concept of the song came about. Like, that's the whole concept of that song. Like, so a lot, of, when we put the song out, I mean, when, when we were done with the lyrics of the song, when I, we was like, yo, who could we put on the chorus? So we was like, 112, let's put 112 on it. So they made it, like, they gave it, like, that radio feel. 
that singy, you know what I mean? They singing on the chorus and it gave it that, you know, that crossover appeal. But the lyrics on the song is still like aggressive because of what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying it aggressively. I'm not like, you know, saying violent shit, but I'm like being aggressive with this girl telling her, man, leave that nigga, come with me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Fuck that nigga, come with me. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, so when people heard it, I, I guess when people first hear things, they don't get it right away. Not everybody, but a lot of people, they like, oh, what is this, man? So, you know, they're making a radio song. This is some pop song. They, you know, a lot of people, they, they didn't get it. Which wound up being the most spins probably Mob Deep has ever gotten for yeah, a song on radio. That no? song, we got more spins than any of them. Any Mob Deep song that we ever put out back then. I don't know about now. You okay, know, you know, okay. I think Quiet Storm probably beat it out by now on Shook Ones. But back then, we were getting more, we got more spins than Quiet Storm and Shook Ones with that song. But a lot of people was like, yo, what's up with y'all, man? Mob Deep selling out. Y'all making radio, y'all making girl songs for the radio now. And I'm like, what you talking about? Do you hear what I'm saying on the song? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Like, we taking your girl, nigga. Chill. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yo, so 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 one one two got involved. Who'd you reach out to? How did that even happen? No, that was like Chris Lighty move. We talked okay. Chris. Yo, this is who we want on the song, and he made it happen. With yeah. all his greatness and all the things that he contributed, why do you think that he like ended his life the way he did? I mean, that's all speculation. Right. We don't really know what happened. Right. That's what they say. That's true. You know, um, just because a police report say something, I don't, that's true. You know, I don't really believe police. Um, I'm not too big on government and police and their influence and what they. I mean, have there. they given you a reason to believe them? Exactly. Like, like, have you ever seen him and maybe felt like he was down, or do you like feel like never? Yeah, because I, I like I feel like every time I hear his name, it's always like these wonderful stories. So it's like for somebody to have been that, you know. And I do know that people who have depression and stuff like that, but you kind of feel when someone's going through that type of thing. Yeah, Chris. And, Chris yeah. is always available. All the time, 24 hours a day. Um, Chris dealt with a lot of pressure because he's dealing with hardcore hip-hop all his life before Marv D. Right. Way before Marv D. He, he, Chris Violator and all grew that. up with yeah. hip-hop. Mm-hmm. He's in all the, we call it the rooftop and all those clubs, the Latin quarters. Mm-hmm. Like when I was too young to get in, like he was dealing with all that. So he knows how to deal with pressure and, right. and just being the pressure of being a manager and having all of these hardcore hip-hop artists on you, like, yo, I need this, we need this, that, we want. And, you know, managers get a lot of the weight and the blame for mm-hmm. shit and a lot of the pressure. And he dealt with that very, um, you know, with a lot of finesse, i say. You know what I'm saying? He dealt with it very classy. Right. You know what I'm saying? He dealt with pressure with class. Like, i never seen him get angry at all, ever. You know what I mean? i never seen him... Or maybe like play fighting and like right. raising his voice, like playing. But I never see him get angry and raise his voice. I never. Chris is always calm, always cool, and always handle shit professionally. Right. Um. Yeah. So I don't. I don't really believe that story too much. It's you know it's am, it's amazing how many people have so many good things to say about dude, man. It's amazing, you know. And uh, you know, rest in peace, man. You definitely, yes, man, definitely, definitely missed, you know. Yeah, I learned I, just like I learned a lot from Wu Tang. I learned a lot from being around Chris Lighty for many years. Yeah. I learned. A lot from that dude, man. People used to say like he was like the businessman of hip hop, um, for 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 like the the hood, you know, and for all people who didn't know. I mean, like he had the briefcase, you know, at a, at, at at like when people weren't moving around with briefcases like that. I don't know nobody that can 
fill that man's shoes. I don't know nobody that can um, come close to being how he was and doing what he did. He was closing ill deals. Right. Yeah. He was connecting dots. He was make, He was making shit happen. You know, like people love doing business. White people love yeah. corporate yeah. Yeah. America. Loved Chris Lighty. That was the good thing about Chris. If you got Chris, you're able to make these connections with right. all these brands and corporate America and get on these rock tours and because they love dealing with Chris. You know what I'm saying? So it was easy for Chris to place Mob Deep on whatever he wanted to. Right. He, you know what I'm saying? He could, he could, he had access to anything. Like you know what I'm saying? Hey, you know uh, one thing that I found out that I um, didn't know that uh, you could have been uh, Mob Deep could have been the first act sign on Bad Boy. Yeah. Yo, Diddy, and another thing too. One thing I get shouts to Diddy because, you know, I know that uh, he wanted to sign y'all, mm-hmm. and at the same time you had uh, Wild on the table, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess you know, obviously you went with Wild because it was a little bit more creativity, a little bit more money, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the whole thing I like about Diddy: you went, and then later, like there was no beef, there was no like, you know, this day and age, like somebody goes sign signs and they say, ah, fuck them, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he went over there, you know. No, and then he even showed up to like fucking the video. He was in the video. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, before we did the loud deal, like you said, Puff wanted to sign us to Bad Boy. This is before he even had Bad Boy. He was he stepped to us. He was like, I'm starting the label. I want y'all to be the first act that I put out. You know what I'm saying? And at that time, we had um, um, Steve Rifkin stepped to us, gave us a contract. Diddy gave us a contract. We looked it over. We was like, you know, we had more creative control, a little bit more money, like you said, over with Loud. So we did the Loud deal. Um, but we had grown so, we had grown so close with Puff, like he was inviting us to all his parties before, you know, before all the deals and anything. He was like, yo, just come out to this party, come out to this party I'm doing, come here, come there. So we used to go to the shows, parties. Young motherfuckers too. Yeah, we had to fake out. We was like 15, 16 at that Damn, time. Damn, you know shit. And um. We had the fake IDs. We used to be in all the parties. We were like the youngest kids in the party. Like you know what I'm saying? Um, like Clark Kent used to see us out a lot. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know the hell we was. He was like, "Y'all gonna be somebody one day." Watch. He like, "I see y'all niggas." You sound and look club, just like yo. he say, "Man, that's something Clark would do." Man, <laughs> like I see y'all every club, yo. Y'all gonna be somebody, yo. I'm watching y'all. <laughs> hey, listen, Clark has been right about a lot of shit. Word, and he didn't know who the hell he was, and yeah. we didn't know who the hell he was. Clark knows we how would to see spot him. a star. Yeah, we would see him all the time. So one day he just came up to us and said that. That's it. I always remember. I never forget that. You know, that he said that to us that night. But um, Puff, he was always mad cool with us. So when we had got signed to um to Loud, and we had put out Shook ones, uh, Puff had just signed Biggie, and he had Craig Mack. And they had this Big Mac tour. Mm-hmm. It was called the Big, Big yep. Mac tour mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, he actually put Mob Deep on the tour. Really? So we would open up for, um, we would open up for Biggie and Craig Mac. It would it would be Mob Deep, Craig. No, I think it was Mob Deep, Biggie, then Craig Mac because Craig Mac had the biggest yeah, song yeah, yeah, at that yeah. time. You know what I'm saying? See, 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 that's something that's something that people should really uh, live by. Is that like. You know, you just didn't sign the bad boy, but that doesn't mean that you can't do things together. You know, yeah, so, sometimes relationships are ruined because of stuff like that. I mean, I used to go to Puff office and just playing beats. I mean, I remember being in Puff office, and I would play. I would be in there playing beats. He's getting his hair cut at the desk. I'm in there playing beats. Pete Rock walks in. Pete Rock, let me play you some shit. Pete Rock start playing the beats. I'm looking like 
Damn, you just made my beats look fucking stupid. I'm going home, nigga. I'm, I'm, I'm going home and do some more beats. Word. And this is at Uptown MCA. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Did you uh, did you see did you see Puff to be who he is today? Did you see that back then? To see the Yeah. Yeah, yeah we seen all of that. We seen the rise. Yeah. We seen every little thing that he did from you know what I mean, the street team, everything. You know what I'm saying? We we was there. We seen how it's done. Yeah, we seen we seen how it's done, and we inside loud from nothing. Loud was nothing but one cubicle okay. in the R, in the RCA building. You know what I mean? So we seen how to build a label from nothing into something. You know what I mean? All the in and working, all the moving parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? All the ins and outs and the workings of how to make a successful independent. You know what I mean? Hip hop label. Yeah. So. It was fucked up that we was, you know, we were too young and we signed regular artist deals. Yeah. But we there watching, paying attention, yeah. watching how it works, seeing, oh, oh, word, oh, that's how, you, oh, how much money you just made? Oh, shit, I can't wait till this contract is over. Yo, we gonna get this fucking independent money. Like, y'all you know learned a lot through that. You know? Hell yeah. And then we had to see, you know what I'm saying? Um, we seen Puff, we seen, we seen, uh, you know, Loud, and then we seen Jay-Z. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Jay-Z came in 96, 97. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we watched his rise and watched how he went from some, from nothing to something. We watched exactly how he did it. You know what I'm saying? That shit is amazing. You know what I'm saying? Seeing people do that. That was amazing to me. I was, my mind was blown. Like You know what I'm saying? And these dudes are older than us. You know what I'm saying? Man, Puff is inspiration, man. Now, what about like with Fifty? Yo, I never expected that when y'all signed with Fifty. When you came yeah. out, when uh, how did you introduce it? Was it the Ward Show? Uh, you said how we got introduced with 50? no, no, no. How did no with Fifty? Like, how did y'all he introduced that you were on G Unit? Oh, oh, I'm, I'm not even. Don't you got a tattoo with G Unit? Yeah, yeah, I had it right here. It was right there. Okay, Are you got rid of it. Yeah, I got it covered because. We, you know, the deal is over, so it's like okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm selling. I'm buff this. I'm selling my own product. You know what Done. What I'm saying? <laughs> no, but I meant, how did he introduce y'all? I remember because I remember seeing like the award show. I forgot which one it was, and he came out. Remember that song that you had with him? You know, it's the infamous. You know, uh, I don't even remember what award show that was. We did a few um, shows with him. It was maybe like the MTV Awards or VH1. It might have been MTV, I think. Yeah. In, in Miami, that might have been one of the first award shows we did. Um, what made y'all sign to him? But well, signed to the label. But uh, we had a me and Fifty had a mutual friend in common. That was one of the reasons, you know. what I mean, we we had a little attachment to each other. Like you know, what I'm saying, we had a mutual friend from Queens. Um, God bless the dead. My man, E Money Bags. Mm -hmm. Rest um, in peace. He was the one that really like like semi introduced me to Fifty. Like you know, what I'm saying, um, and. You know, Fifth was always just around, like in the clubs. He would be at, we sometimes we perform and Fifty right there on the side of the stage, and we didn't even know that he rapped like that yet. Like you know what I'm saying? He was just like one of the dudes from Queens, hustling. Like you know what I'm saying? And um, you know, we would see him around, and when he got in a position where he was able to actually, you know, sign artists and and do certain things, you know, use his power to do certain things, he called us, you know, and um, Chris Chris was uh, managing us at the time, and Chris had just started managing 50, and um, we had just got a release from our contract at Jive, at Jive Records, mm -hmm. and I guess... 
Chris gave 50 the heads up, like, yo, Mom Deep is free. Like, you can, you can sign, you can do something with Mom Deep, do a deal with Mom Deep. So we got a call from 50. He was like, yo, I want to sit down and talk with y'all. I got something, I got a proposal for y'all. So we went and met with him, and, you know, he offered us, like, a super crazy deal. Like, it was just, all right, hell yeah, we're going to do that. Like, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? He was like, yo, listen, I got a video game coming, a total Eminem. I got this, I got a movie, I got a movie soundtrack. Vitamin water. I got this, I want Marv Deep on all of that shit. And here's two Porsches, too. We like, hell yeah, we in, nigga. <laughs> like, you know what Let's I'm saying? Let's go. Hell yeah. It was too much to turn down, like you know what I'm saying. And he's the homie already from Queens, like so. And and and, and he gave us crazy advance. And just so like, like really nice. Hell yeah. And just like Diddy, did you see his rise? I didn't see it like as up front, up close and personal, but we saw it from a distance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You we pictured saw, you pictured the that he could be who he is today. Um, did I did I picture that Fifty could be who he is? Today? Yeah, yeah. I like mean, you, see, you know, sometimes. You know, keep in mind, we grew up with people or we're around certain people. I'm like, damn, I didn't even expect this motherfucker. This motherfucker is worth them five billion. How? Yeah, I, I didn't see, I definitely didn't see that coming. Yeah. I knew that he was an ill fucking rapper, though. He had some ill, crazy songs. So I knew he was going to be great as far as the artist. But I didn't, I didn't see the, you know, Eminem coming in and Dr. Hold, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Tashman, and Vitamin Water happening and all these crazy. Like, he made moves, like, quick. Yeah. Really quick. As soon as he got his foot in the door, that nigga started making power moves instantly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Pun intended. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Instantly. Instantly. Because he learned from people like Marv Deep and, you know, Wu-Tang and all the people that came before him. He learned what to do and what not to do. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, when he got in that position, he took advantage of it. And you've worked with 50 and you've worked with Puffy and they have a tension. Has that ever affected your relationship with the other one? Nah. nah. So, like, when, when you went to go work with 50, did um, Puffy give you, like, his blessing or did he just say, like, you're doing whatever because he has that business state of mind? I mean, at that point when we were working with 50, I ain't speak to Puffy in years. Right, like, okay. like, we ain't speaking years. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um... So yeah, we didn't really we didn't really talk much. I ain't really seeing much after. Let me see. Maybe maybe like after ninety six, ninety seven, we started not seeing Puff because right. we were off doing our own thing. He off doing his thing. We would see each other sometimes because I was always cool with Lil Kim, C's. I would be at their crib a lot. You know what I mean? Like in ninety nine, two thousand. Right. So. We would all hang out at Justin's. You know what I'm saying? We like Justin's was the spot. Like we would all go there drink. So Puff would be with us sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Puff would be like, "Yo, come on, we all going out tonight." And I would be over at at Kim crib, which is Biggie's old crib. I would be over with them chilling, and they'd be like, "Come on, we all going out." I'm like, "All right, come on, we going." So we hang out, get drunk. You know what I mean? Chill, dancing in the party, wilding. Go back to crib, go back to Kim and season them crib. I'm passing out on the couch drunk, like you know what I'm saying. Like, so I would see him like sporadically around right. that time. But then when I moved, cause I used to live over there by them, you know what I'm saying. I used to live up in Rockland County. They lived at like Exit Two on the Palisades. So I used to pass their crib to get home. So sometimes I used to just stop and just hang out, kick it, get drunk, whatever, just chill. And um, when I moved from over there. You know, that's when I ain't, I ain't see them. We ain't, we stopped hanging out like that, you know what I mean? So I ain't see puffing in years. You know What's what your mean? illest Biggie memory? Illest Biggie memory 
has to be in Cleveland, Ohio on that Big Mac tour. When we get there, it was fucking like a riot at the show. Damn. Wow. Craig Mack is on stage performing. Um, Somebody from the crowd snatched the mic out of his hand. The lineup was kind of different that night. I think it was supposed to be like, uh, I don't know how, I, I don't know all that. But anyway, Craig Mack is on stage performing. Somebody from the crowd jumped, snatched the mic out of his hand. They wouldn't get the mic back. So the DJ had to get the mic, like, yo, get the mic back. Craig Mack finished his show, da, 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 da. The crowd's not having it. They wailing out there. Like, they wailing in the crowd. So, um, you know, we about to go on next. And and um, I hear I hear Biggie. I'm right now. I'm sitting, standing right next to Biggie. I hear Biggie say, telling this man, yo, um, let's go on next so we get the fuck out of here. These niggas is wailing <laughs> in here, right? <laughs> so they, they worked it out, and they went on. So I told Hav, I said, oh, shit. I said, yo, I just heard a nigga Biggie say... <laughs> They're going to go on before us, so we got to deal with these niggas. Like, we're going to have to be the last ones in here dealing with this shit, right? So he like, fuck it, let them go. So we like, all right, cool. So Biggie go up there to perform. Next thing you know, they come stumbling down the stairs, like, because the crowd just started wailing. They jumped the crowd, started jumping on the crowd. Like, you couldn't control this crowd. We had to get the fuck out of there. Damn. We all had to get out of there. We, I had to wrap my bandana around my face. I had, I had, because they were spraying, the cops were spraying mad mace in the spot, trying to get people to calm down. Right. Everybody was fighting. There was fights everywhere. Um, Me and my boys, we had steak knives in our pocket. We used to always, like, before the show, we used to always bend up forks. Like, we would bend the two ends of the fork. So they just got that prison shit middle. early. Give me that fork and that soap. I'm going to make a gun. We would steal the steak knives from the hotel, bend up the forks, and we would take them to the show because back then it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's so crazy. we would just do that anyway. You never know when you had to fork somebody up. <laughs> yeah, so we in there, they spraying mace. I see Biggie come stumbling down, seas falling over big. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? They're like, yo, we out of here, son. They wailing. So we like, yo, we out. I tie my bandana. I got to pull my knife out. <laughs> we walking through the club like this. Gladiator shit. I'm running behind Biggie like we out of here. You know what I'm saying? We had to hop in Biggie's van because we all had separate cars. We had to hop in Biggie's van because we didn't know where the fuck our driver was. Everybody's running everywhere. It was pandemonium. So we hopped in Biggie and C's in the van. And we like, God damn, let's get the fuck out of here, right? <laughs> so I had a, um, I had an infamous cassette in my pocket. It was like, you know, the album had just came out. It ain't, I don't even think it came out yet. I had like one of advanced copies. And I gave it to Biggie. I was like, yo, hey. He was like, oh, yo, good looking, yo. So I gave him an advanced copy of the album. He had popped it in. We listening to it on the way back to the hotel, just laughing about what what just happened in the club and shit. Like that was a crazy, that's crazy, yeah. Memory that night was crazy. And, and Cleveland, Ohio, was trying to show off that night. They was trying to show like, <laughs> yo, we wild out here too. Like you know what I'm saying? We mob deep too. <laughs> yeah, they was wilding like uncontrollable. We had to get low. And when you think about it, man, yo, you got so many fucking stories. I mean, you've been around so long. Not only just prodigy yourself, Mob Deep, the duo. You're thinking about it this way, man. Longevity, man. When I think about Mob Deep, I think about rough, rugged, raw, and longevity. You know, yeah, man. You know, uh, before we wrap up, I want to. Uh, we have a segment that's called "I Don't Trust People." Internet, you know how to get involved. Hashtag I don't trust people at Premium P at Premium P Show at Miss Listen Knows. Let us know who or what you don't trust. And we'll feature you. If it's not no fucked up shit, it's some shit that's funny, we'll feature you on the next episode. Who we got this week? Our first submission comes from N to the O. 
I don't trust people who can't go five minutes without applying Carmex or chapsticks. What's wrong with your lips, B? Uh-oh. Listen, it's not don't, a, don't not, do not that. every not everybody has the LL Cool J. I feel like LL Cool J has the automatic uh, lip bomb. As soon as he like I think when you when you lick your lips, you make them drier though. <laughs> like right now I'm That's like you need to fucking with my lips cuz I ain't drinking enough water today. You got to drink a lot of water. Yeah, that's something I'm learning in, 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 as I get older is that I need to start drinking more water, man. If you drink more water, your lips won't be dry. Yeah, that is. That's yo. Yo, <laughs> listen. And stop smoking so much weed, it's cotton mouth. That's right. That's right. Who who's next? Our next one is from Mr. Bishop, Bishop Jackson. I don't trust people who use bar soap. Now, see, listen, I've been away. He don't so. like Spanish people. No, nah, no. Nah, listen, let me tell you something, okay? Only uh, only for a short amount of time I fuck with the, the liquid with that puff. But okay, I, didn't I know feel, you like that liquid I didn't feel like a man. Puff. I didn't feel like a man with that puff. And I'll be honest with you, I sp- the time I spent away, I really valued the bar soap. Yo, let me tell you something. That core craft shit, that shit would fucking that shit like acid. That shit like acid. So, <laughs> so when I was away, people, what I would do was I would stack up on, every commissary. I bought five bars of soap, Irish Spring, Lever Two Thousand, whatever the fuck. I would buy all the dope shit. So when I would meet dudes from New York City, particularly, or dudes that I vibed with, I would give them a bar of soap if they didn't have it. So I, I, I like bar soap. I'll be honest with you, I fuck with bar soap. I can't, I can't do the body wash. Yeah. You don't like body wash? I'm gonna tell you why, because. When it, when you put it on, when you when you're trying to get the get it off of you, it feels like it's still on you. It feels like you put That's lotion on. That's not a moisturizer. On. I don't want, I don't want my shit to be squeaky clean. <laughs> I don't want to feel like it's lotion on my body. Like. That's the moisturizers. <laughs> Our next submission comes from Greg Glockovich. I don't trust people who eat pizza or candy with a fork oh eat pizza or a candy bar with a fork or a knife yeah that's first of all you can never eat to me I mean that's just how I feel you don't eat pizza with a fork and knife I know you heard of that yeah, shit. Yeah, that's I'm, white people no no but hey listen Bill de Blasio our mayor did that shit he's white they get, get rid of him get rid of him he's white but he got black white he does he does he does um I don't think that people should be eating candy bars with knife and fork. That's stupid. Or I don't trust people who eat a Kit Kat and don't break it. Like when you bite into it, I don't trust you. Mm. Like how you just biting into you supposed to give oh, me fuck. a break? Hey, give me a break. You just open it up like yeah, a full boss. <laughs> no, that's savage. I don't trust you. I'm like, uh-uh-uh. I agree. Don't do it. I don't trust people. No, I'm sorry, you being rude. I don't trust women who's only eyebrows. Man, who, who is this? Who is it? I was going to get to that after. Okay. I, was going, I was delivering this differently. Okay, no problem. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. I don't trust women whose eyebrows are drawn on. What happened to you? And that one comes from Mike Droppers. Well, let me tell you something. I've been... To, I've, for as long as Twitter's been in, involved into this world... They coming for the Spanish people a lot today. No bar soap I, and no eyebrows. I've been... Let me... I don't trust... I don't trust... I don't trust people that do that. Especially the women. I tell women this all the time. Yo, if you got to shave your eyebrows to then draw something on, like with a Sharpie, I don't trust that. Because I'll be honest with you, sometimes they don't get the level that they originally had. So I be looking at this girl and her eyebrows on the top of her forehead. And I'm like, how the fuck is that posture? You looking at me winking? Her eye and her fucking Not forehead winking. is wrinkling. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I don't trust people that do that. Well, I mean, Let you, don't really, know, you don't really shit. know too much. So, okay, ladies, if your eyebrow levels is not right, get the bevels. But... Aside from that, it's okay to pencil in a little bit. Some of us are not blessed with thick eyebrows, mm-hmm. just like some men. Y'all used what's that? The Beijing. No, I don't use the, that. When the guys color in the hairline or add it to their beard. <laughs> nah, so if you need to enhance and you know add a little more colorization to your facial hair, 
I'm all here for it. Just, just make sh- hello. Just make sure you don't get none on the pillowcase. There you go. I agree. That's it. If uh, you need to paint on your eyebrows or add a, add an eyelash, I'm here for it. Just well, don't do too much. Just, yeah. yeah, that's the. And if you want to shave it, I'm not really here for shaving too much. But if you're gonna shave it, my Latinas, just don't shave the beginning so you know where to start. Because some of y'all is creating unibrows. Shout out to Albie Shaw. Yeah, and Anthony Davis. Yeah, like everybody don't need a unibrow. Do you have anything that you think is suspect? Like you, something you don't trust or what or who yeah. or what you don't trust? Ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, cooks. Yo, I'm telling you, the, the biggest, most important thing I don't trust is these politicians. Oh, and yes. These governments and the things that they be telling Crooked us. Crooked motherfuckers. I'm not having it. I know, I, I believe everybody should register to vote. Please do. I believe that people should register to vote. I believe also, though, that our president, the president of the United States is selected, not elected. Mm. So who do you think, think about. since by the time this drops, we're, we're we'll have one. So who, what's, who's your forecast? I mean, I, I could have told you that a year ago. I put money on it. I told my daughter this. I said, I'm going to start fucking going to Vegas and putting <laughs> money on it. Because it's obvious it was going to be. It was definitely going to be Hillary. Yeah. Um, Trump will never win. Yeah, that, that's not happening. That's a joke. Yeah, but you know I what? You know what? He 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 wins regardless, and I'm gonna tell you why. How the fuck is this guy even in in line to be president? Right? But check this out. His exposure is more than it'll ever be. Yeah, it's just it's like he crazy. wins. He wins from that, you know, alone. You know what I mean? You think about that shit. Yeah, I mean, he definitely won regardless. I don't see what you're saying. Hell yeah! But the presidents. Are chosen. No, I like, like the way you said right. that this this selected, yeah, not selected, elected. Not yo, like, that's a fact. Yo, that, that, that's there a ain't fact, no more though. to say after no, that. But when when people say register to vote, you don't register to vote for the president, dog. You register to vote for your congressman, your mayor, your senator, your governor. Those are the most important elections, right? Not the president. That's the president's foreign policy. Like you know what I'm saying? The president will change anything for you in your neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? So if you really want to change, yes, register to vote and pay attention to who's being elected as your mayor, congressman, you know, your senator, all of that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Those politicians are important. Those right. are the hands-on people in right. the community that can make change in the community. You know what I'm saying? But um, as far as the, the president of the United States, oh man, that's that, all I of that. I feel like she's paying him. It's just to, So we have to vote for her now. Like, girl, <laughs> we didn't want you last time you tried, the time before that. It's all theater. Like, we, come on, you going to just make us vote for you by putting your cousin Donald in with the same wig and man, man, man. same attitude. <laughs> man. You're the same person. Just that he's blatant with it. Just Yeah, but she he's orange and she's That's the same wig. Fight. When you go to the go get the wigs, that's the Phil Donahue. That's the they both got the same wig. I ain't Hillary. go front. Look, having Obama was a great thing. It, it was, was good to see a black man, a black family, you know what I mean, in the White House. That's good. That's that's that inspires you know what I mean? Our black youth. You know what I'm saying? Right. That inspires us. We need that. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's a good look. That was a good look. It was a look. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was a good look, too. So the same look it was with Hillary. You know what I'm saying? It's a good look for a woman. To be first president. woman president. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. It's good for my daughter and anybody else that sure. has daughters out there and mothers and sisters. Like, that's a good look. That's I'm going to need to that fashion up, though. You know what I'm saying? She's going to have to. Girl, Hilly, Hilly. Whoever's styling POTUS and FLOTUS, you need to keep them 
inside the White House. Don't kick them out with the rest of the black because you know they're getting stabbed by black folk. Keep them there because you've been looking extra refrigerator-ish. Too boxy, girl. You need to accentuate them curves if you're going to be my president. I'm sorry. I don't want no kitten heels because I'm telling you, the way Flotus is leaving this and the way POTUS is leaving this, you and Clinton Bill going to have to step it up. I don't want to see no more of this sham that y'all calling attire. Listen, you coming out with potato sacks. They, they calling it a suit. This is a kitten heel. My daughter could wear four inches. Can you at least give us a five inch heel, girl? I don't believe you're going to get down to business unless you got on stiletto. She can't walk straight. She, well, listen, then she, Hillary and, and Bill need to celebrate Do Rag History Week. You know, they should both you know be wearing a Do Rag this week for Do Rag History Week. You know, if she it's Do Rag History one, Week this week. I'm gonna pull out my three M. I don't M1. like them suits. But that's shit that I don't trust. I get it. Hey, listen, you said <laughs> P. You said it best, but I'll tell you, like. There's some people that one episode is never good enough, so we'll wait until like next year and uh, when you're doing because you're always up to something, man. I mean, Mob Deep is going on tour again, right? Definitely international. I got the new album about to drop. Mm-hmm. Yay. So my new solo album about What's to that? come out. It's called Hegelian Dialectic. What the fuck? Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You going intergalactic on us this time? <laughs> yes. Now, now, she said intergalactic. That was that was that was epic. That was she, epic. She, listen, she making her own slang. That's what she do. Um, nah, but this 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 album about to drop is like really touching on what we talking when about. When will right this now, drop? Politics and conspiracy and all that type of this stuff. This year or, or it'll be top of next year? On top of next year. This okay. is the first time I'm making a whole album. About conspiracies. And you not scared? Sp- nah, I ain't scared. Come on, man. You Muslim? Because you know when you Muslim, nah. you ain't got to be scared of nothing. Nah, I'm not Muslim. My father was Muslim, though. <laughs> See? You know what I'm saying? But I'm not scared. Whatever happens is going to happen. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's already out there. It's yeah. all over the internet. It's all over the you, news. You, like, people are already talking about it. So You just put more light on it. Yeah, I'm showing you what I know about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, what about tour? Yeah, we touring constantly. Yo, I feel like every man. every year there's like some type of Mob Deep anniversary or something, you know? I want to tell people, too, because a lot of people, a lot of the fans and a lot of, you know, they see me in the street. They be like, yo, when y'all going to drop a new album? I be like, yo, I just dropped one last week. Mm-hmm. They be like, yo, I ain't even know, <laughs> son. I be like, yo, listen, man. If you want to know anything about Mob Deep or Prodigy, Use Google, man. How Jay Z say, Google's your friend, bro. Do yeah. you Google? It is. Get on Google. Just Google Mob Deep. Mob Deep concert. It'll show you everywhere we perform in a whole list of shows. You know what I mean? Prodigy. Prodigy's next album. It'll show you. Mob Deep album. Like, people got to learn how to go to Google a little yeah, bit. Yeah, be resourceful. Use, like, yeah, what do you use think this the is? technology that's there. Don't available be a for dumb you, nigga like, you know with a smartphone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and listen, uh, and Mob Deep is, is, is touring now more than ever. Listen, Internet, so I want you to go out and get that commissary kitchen, that prison book, that my infamous prison. Go- listen, you know what I love that you say? Ain't no such thing. As halfway cooks. Yeah, man. I was like, yo, these motherfuckers are really playing. They're creative. They're p- they're and, we, play- and we got the barbecue aprons, too. Yeah, the camo yeah. aprons with it on the front. Internets, make sure you check that out. Listen, um, <laughs> any... Uh, Where can we shop that? Is that on the website? Google. Or just Google? Google. Just, <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> eh, commercial, Google. Listen, uh, before you go. Yeah. Your greatest moment in this whole shit. It doesn't have to be one that sticks forever. Just something that you really think like that you're you know thankful and proud and blessed for just uh a greatest moment i guess man it's just you know it's always like right now like you know what i'm saying oh i'm always just in in the moment like now i'm just thankful to be able to be here and be able to have you know you you know what i mean interested in doing the interview yeah you know what i'm saying that's a blessing 
they're able to be here healthy. I'm Not cracking, looking, still looking young, I'm, Al. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting, you know what I'm saying? My sure. brand, my stuff, talking about my life. Like, that's a blessing. Mom Deep is still on tour. We still putting out albums. We've got projects. My family's healthy, everything. This is the greatest moment right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll tell you, like I said, Mob Deep, rough, rugged, raw, and longevity. And I'll tell you, I've, I've always appreciated not only your music, just you as a a, a, a person, as pa- like as a father. Like, I just feel like like I related so much to you, just your just the way your style, man. And 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 uh, you know, shook ones, quiet stone. Other motherfuckers almost caught me a couple of cases a couple of times, but <laughs> but it was yo, real. It was so organic. Weird. Sometimes people come up to me, they be like, "Yo, man." Yo, Mob Deep, you don't know your music, man. I love y'all. Your music raised us. Y'all caught my first body listening to y'all shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't even know how to respond to this shit. I'm supposed to be like, yo, yo yeah, good looking, go man. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck am I supposed to say to that? Yo, <laughs> like, yo, that is crazy, man. But anyway, P, I appreciate you stopping by, man. Yeah, and, man, uh, thank you, bro. Like I said, there's the, just you got so many stories and just so much in, in the game, man. And I appreciate you. I know the internet appreciate you too, man. Definitely, man. And I appreciate you. Everybody that, you know. Everybody, we were talking about an interview, man. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to Jay-Z. Shout out to Puff. You know what I mean? Shout out to 50. Nas, Nori. Nas, Nori. Shout out to everybody, man. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to real hip-hop. Love y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? Everybody inspired me in different ways. You know what I mean? And I'll tell you, if, if hip-hop had, like, a, um, you know, a president or, a, 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 you know, I think a Chuck D would be a great president. But if, you know, and I think there's so many other people that get involved. I think Bumby would be, be a great uncle of hip-hop. But I'll tell you the truth. Prodigy and Havoc, like, I think y'all would be the great military of hip-hop. <laughs> like, I want to call Prodigy for that shit, you know? Uh, maybe, maybe, man. I'm still learning. No, 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 most definitely. I got a lot to learn. You know what I'm saying? Hey, there's I'm so many learning. segments, man. You, uh, listen, you were, around for, you were around for a long time, man, and, and, and it's blessings. But, Internets, listen, make sure you subscribe, and we'll see you next episode. Ow. Cheer. Peace. Infamous.